0: Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com for another episode with a guy we haven't we haven't seen on, on this show, at least. We see all the time on walls, right? It's Brian Hooper, uh Brick75, Brian Hooper underscore underscore on Twitter and I even I even have I even have your jersey
1: oh that's right I forgot about that I bit. want I
0: want to send I want to send this to you because there's no there's no way that I'm actually gonna wear it I did it as a as a as a as a gag for that episode on lulls that you were complaining that people wear other people's jerseys and right the DFS jersey has lull 75 then <laughs> on the back brick 75 it's a custom made basketball jersey uh, it costs like 60 65 to to make. And then Pete loved it so much that I got another one for him. Uh, <laughs> so afterwards, you have to send me your. There's no reason for me to. I don't know. I have. I, I've had it on this hanger up here, and, and on on this uh, on my closet for like
1: two years for no reason. But, uh, but I think it's a good souvenir for you. All right, I'll take it. Thank you. I will take it. I I I never really had a, an opinion on wearing your own username on your back. So. I have to think about that one. Oh,
0: so it's okay if to wear a jersey of yourself?
1: I get, I mean, because
0: uh, your whole stance was that you have another guy's name on your back that you don't. Right. Even, it's a stranger to you that you don't even know.
1: Yeah, who's like half your age a lot of the time. You know? It's <laughs> weird. But you, you wouldn't mind if it was your own name. If, if well, I have to think about it. I was saying since you're all since you're you're sending this to me, I have to. I mean, because I could also you know put it on the wall. Mm-hmm. and not wear it uh wearing your own name i mean also it's always acceptable if it's a bit so like if you're wearing some player who's you know funny or something like i saw this guy at the gym and i wanted to take a, sc- a picture like a picture of him but it was it was like too creepy you know he was too close to me and he's wearing a danica patrick uh jersey with ripped off tees uh, ripped off you know a tee with ripped off sleeves okay and i'm like is this a bit or real? Like, is he just like I'm a guy like Danica Patrick, and I sometimes I rip my sleeves off my? Or is he, you know, a Danica Patrick going to gym guy? Funny, he thinks hipsterish.
0: Well, do you think the humor is because it's a female driver?
1: Yeah, because yeah, it's a female, old school female driver, and you're a big dude going to the gym. I've I've
0: I have I've a, a soccer jersey that that is a for a woman, but it's a men's soccer jersey.
1: Right. Yes. Is that okay? And, is
0: that okay? So, like here, Racing Louisville is the NWSL team here. They have women's jerseys and men's jerseys, because the women's jerseys are like little fitted differently and right. And usually right. A
1: V-neck or something.
0: Right, right. They have a V-neck, but they do have a men's jersey, which means it's meant to be worn by a man, which is not the jersey that the women wear on the field, but it's still the men's fit jersey that has, you know, the number and name on the back. Is that would that be
1: weird? Well, the the rule is it's a bit. It, if it's a bit, it, then no, it's always it's not. Acceptable. I'm
0: telling you, it's not a bit. It's just that I'm a fan of the team.
1: No, and- then that I think that's weird. Yeah, wearing wearing some lady's name on your back that you don't know and you've never met, it's strange. This makes but sense. But if it was my name, way.
0: so if I had a female, if I had a racing Louisville women's soccer jersey with Cooper on the back, that would be fine, even though it's a women's soccer team, and I wouldn't be allowed on the team.
1: I guess yeah. If you have if you have your own name on it, that's fine. I guess. I don't know. I think that's pretty kind of weird too. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not as weird as wearing some eighteen year old, eighteen year old's name on your back. Yeah, like but you wear hats
0: like, of teams, right? Like
1: you're. But it's always a bet. This is Chase Hooper. Okay. Uh, this is his hat. So, so I all your stuff.
0: hats are bits.
1: Yeah, or I have hats that I, I, I have them over there, but or, or hats have nothing, no logos, nothing. They're just
0: oh, so you don't have like a cubs hat or something like that. No. Oh, so so at least you're consistent that like I thought maybe players not not okay, but teams are fine.
1: Yeah, but uh, also if you want to wear I guess that's that's not weird to wear a bear's hat or something like
0: that, but you're a fan of the team.
1: Yeah, that's fine. But so why can't I
0: be fan of a player?
1: But that's weird wearing their name on their back. Yeah.
0: Why can't I be a fan of David Montgomery?
1: Because he's just another grown man who you don't know, you don't care about. And uh, and also too, I think being a fan of teams is kind of weird in general. <laughs> so like I'd be fine with, with no uh, no Bears hats too.
0: Okay, so you could consistent with that because I was gonna I was gonna shift it over to how about the sports where it's individuals.
1: It's like wearing a Walmart hat, like wearing Jeff Bezos' name on your back or Jeff Bezos' kid. It's like like, oh man, he's gonna be a great CEO one day. <laughs> it's like where well, the thing is, is that I'm a fan. To- I love that I, I love Amazon. I'm a huge fan. I got I buy all their stuff. it's it just fandom in general makes no sense just because you were born relatively close to a stadium that no longer exists, right with like employees there who aren't from your state, they aren't from that area, they aren't anything like you, they don't know who you are. And you have this I'd probably actively look down upon you. I bet a lot of them do. I mean, and like, yeah, when you work there, I've worked minor league baseball for three, four years. And like, yeah, you make fun of all the fans. They're fucking losers. <laughs> they don't, <laughs> some the employees don't like you. You know, the players don't know who you are, you know? And like, um, it's, it's, uh, it's it's strange. the whole The whole thing is is really strange. If you just like sit down and put it in context to other things, I'm mel- a fan yeah. of
0: of entertainment in general. Like, a, what happens if you're a fan, if you're a fan of a comic book? If you have a Superman shirt, an X men shirt?
1: yeah, I think just enjoying entertainment is different than being a fanatic.
0: But you would be against having a having. I have a Batman
1: shirt. Like, like if, like, like enjoying Stephen King's books and stuff is different than wearing Stephen King jerseys, following him around the country, you know, going up and trying to get his autograph all the time. That's over the line. That's crazy, weird shit. I don't like. I don't I think that's not how you, how uh, normal people uh, behave most of the time in almost any other context.
0: So, you, so you have no fan of? You're not a fan of anything then?
1: No. Well, I mean, I, d- it depends on. I mean we're talking like sports fandom is a specific thing. So like, uh, you know, fan means fanatic and like I'm going around buying all their stuff and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't do that, but like I'll watch TV shows and Star Wars and stuff. And by the way, I used to do that when I was younger.
0: And you, and why is that? Why is your stance different now?
1: I don't, I don't, I lost the, that uh, tribal affiliation. That or is just the identity
0: of, of, like, I'm like, look, I'm wearing a Rondo Grinder shirt now. It's representing that, make,
1: that makes more sense. You're like employed by them, they give you money, you know, like that shirt was probably free, like right. that, like this. Those things all make sense, but your yeah. DraftKings hat that I got for free, also. But like, this tribal, this tribal, uh, you know, condition, mental condition that that we have picking sides and friend versus enemy, I think is a lot of like evolutionary based tricks your mind lays on you. And so when you're not like really sitting down and thinking about it for a little bit, you're like, yeah, no, I'm a fucking bears fan, dude. And you know, fuck the Packers, Um, you know, and like you see a bears trinket and you buy it and um you follow them around the country and stuff like that. No, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make much, much sense, but going to a game and enjoying it, the experience or it's a watching red zone stuff to, like
0: that. It's, it's something that you could attach yourself to. It's like, I remember the
1: experience. Yeah. These are two different things
0: though. Oh, but then, then, but you're judging it as if it's always the same. I go, I go to wrestling shows and I buy wrestling shirts and I, I get a- a- autographed eight by tens and photos. And to me, to me, I'm never a, col- I've never been a collector, right? Yeah. I'm not like, like, there are plenty of people that collect toys they collect baseball cards, they collect. And to me, like outside of like investment value, I don't really care much about it. I I like connect collecting experiences. And to me, if I could get something that commemorates the experience, I think that has enough value to me. Like I, I have a camera roll full of, you know, photos with wrestlers or whatever like that. It's not that it's like, Oh, I'm a big fan and I'm going to travel around and whatever like that. It's, it's like, no, I remember going to this event, having a good time, and here are some photos that you're the people that I met, and I could go back and remember remember that time, but it's not that I... like what what's what what is the difference between that and any other type of fan?
1: Well, I think from uh like a normal sports fans uh perspective, making fun of people who like wrestling is kind of weird because it's very similar. Like there's not a whole Same thing for
0: comic book movies and you know anime or sci-fi or any of that type of stuff.
1: Yeah, so like my my so like from my perspective, a guy wearing a jersey of a wrestler, I can't name one, but whatever you name one for me, is the same thing as wearing a De La Cruz Reds jersey. It's the same thing. Okay. Yeah, so like I think it's ridiculous, both of you, him and (laughs) you and him.
0: Fan of their 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 artwork, their
1: performance. Yeah, that's 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 fine. I mean, like I guess like like I'll try to be uh, like on your side for a second. Maybe maybe you could think of it as like buying a piece of art. No, I don't know if that even works. I'm trying to. It's self identification.
0: I I, think, I still think it I think like have to wearing a Picasso
1: jersey and stuff like that. And but, like I mean, you could argue with is, people. Is that you
0: could. It just it's, it's not been it's not been mainstreamed that that's like a normal thing, but I see no reason why you can't be like, well, do I get a blank black t-shirt or do I put something that is essentially melding my identity with something else to show I'm showing the world that I'm a fan of X.
1: It's definitely identity melding. Yeah. Right. Right. But it doesn't have to be tribal. It
0: doesn't have to be like, well, I have, I have a like with sports, it's easy to say that it's tribal because, I have a red jersey, and then someone else has a Cubs jersey, and I ate like. But it doesn't have to be that.
1: Well, like I a lot think of even times at, wrestling at, at, is tribal too. Like, um, you know, it's like no, like uh, this is my thing. You know, this is this is. But me, that's how you mine. meet other
0: people where it's your thing. Like the thing about wrestling T shirts is that you wear one and you go out to, to to Kroger, and maybe you bump into someone that goes, "Hey, did you go to that thing last week?" Like, like this is a way to identify how. You could cluster sure, people sure, that do yeah. the same thing.
1: If it's clearly something that identifies, I would never disagree with that. But um I think wrestling for for some for a decent amount of wrestling fans, they kind of came to that um their fandom organically, where a lot of sports fans, not that this is right or wrong either way, they didn't. Like they they were just like, This is my team.
0: Because you live there, because I you live here. here. Yeah. Right and and that used to be if you go back in the day before you know th- th- when players had to have second jobs like the players for the team were from the community but now essentially what? you're you're rooting for a, a franchise that happens to be located the br- that branch of that of that league is located in your city but it really doesn't represent your community anymore. right
1: and the stadiums were there longer and stuff and like yeah, it does. It, it like the stadiums aren't even around you anymore. You know, like um, like the Golden State Warriors, right? They used to have the stadium in Oakland. Now it's like all the way across the bay or something like that. It's like so you're still a fan. And then you know when the team leaves, a lot of the times the fans don't like them anymore. So like, so were you really a fan? <laughs> right. You know, why do you not like them anymore? Right. Why
0: why don't why don't you like the Los Angeles Raiders if you're from Oakland?
1: Right. Right. Why do so you like clearly, why do you like the
0: Rams if you're from St. Louis?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and just like also wrestlers are uh, like adults a lot of the time, and 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 athletes are often, especially college, are like teenagers. Um. So it's well, that's weird.
0: what I that but that in and of and itself I find r- weird. Out
1: wrestlers here, are out here in are Louisville,
0: out here in Louisville. I mean, college basketball is much is way bigger than NBA. And you go on sports talk radio and you hear you hear 55 year olds like passionately like demeaning like the play of like 18 year old kids that don't get paid. <laughs> right, right. 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 And it's well, like it feels- get, some
1: of them can get paid now, which is good. Right.
0: Probably. But but the disparity there does feel weird to me.
1: Like I, and here's another difference with the wrestling is like these are paid actors you know physical actors so listening to you know one of those old rick flair videos or something is funny like listening to rick flair is hilarious but then i don't want to listen to some 19 year old kid tell me about anything he thinks <laughs> 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 right it's like oh like oh my god let's see what uh the... Uh, what's, I can't even know his first name. Dela Cruz thinks from the, you know, from the Reds. Oh my God. This is so like post, post, uh, interviews and stuff like that. I don't care. Like it's just watching the gladiators on the field is interesting, but I don't, I don't want to like, uh, I, I don't want to worship them or I have no affiliation with them other than this interesting product they're providing as entertainment and everything else is, uh, weird. Do you think a
0: lot, a lot of your, your, your hate of fandom comes from the fact that once you start playing like fantasy sports and betting and where the interest in the games are more for your own, your, your own benefit rather than like the team. Like for me personally, like when I was in high school, like I, I followed sports religiously. I had nothing on the line, right? Even in my twenties, like I would follow mostly soccer. And I guess I would root for some teams, but now it's gotten to the point where, I mean, you say it on lulls. It's was like, "What's the last time you watched a baseball game?"
1: Yeah, I haven't in years. I, I do just clarify small point of clarification. I don't hate fandom. I don't care. I just don't like. I just think it's weird. I'm just pointing it out, and so people think that just by arguing in one way that I have to like have a strong stance on whatever. You look else down are. upon people that. That I look down on uh, most people, on anyways. So, <laughs> uh, it's just part of the part of the deal, you know. So, but like, yeah, I don't. I do not care if you're a sports fan, and and if you enjoy it, it's great. I'm happy. Roy. I really do not care. Well, that, so, that's but,
0: why I. Th- that's why I think for for us, for daily fantasy sports players, for sports betters, prop betters, anything like that, we need to have our own uniforms. Right. So we could have something to like, so you, you, you do have your, your brick 75 Jersey and the brick 75 Jersey is whatever your teams happen to be on that day. True. Yeah. Right. So technically, isn't that what you're, if you, if you left the house on a given day, mm-hmm. right. Let's say you put, you put in your, your you put in your, 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 your uh, baseball lineups. And then you went out to the supermarket and you said, you know what? I want to identify with my team but your team isn't the Cubs or the Brewers. It's brick 75 on DraftKings. And you go out with a DraftKings jersey with yeah. it. And it, and even let's say you put all the, t- you have all the, the names, all your entire, your entire player pool is on your back, right? All 88 players. And you could even have one of those, one of those things, you know, those word, I don't know what they're called, where it, it shows like the bigger words are the ones that are ones mentioned more. Yes. Like the diagram. About- right. And the, the players that you have more of more exposure to are bigger. The ones that we have only in one lineup are smaller. And that's what's on the back of your jersey. Yeah. That, would that, would that, be, that weird- be suitable for you? <laughs> because now you you that is a team that you are that is something yeah. you are actively rooting for.
1: That's true. That's true. And if they had an MLB red zone with my guys, I would watch it
0: <laughs> if it just cut to the bats yeah. and the pitches of the people yeah, that in a
1: smart, in a smart way. But yeah, yeah, right. if it was cutting between the my guys for the most part, I'd, I would watch that channel, too.
0: I mean, the problem is, is that it would have to change every day
1: um oh yeah the jersey idea is never never gonna work well how about it
0: hey in best ball you could yeah for a year right yeah
1: unless you do a bunch of different tournaments
0: no but then you do the same thing in the back the bigger the more money you have invested in a player the bigger their name is
1: on the back of your back of your jersey yeah no i get it it makes it makes sense I I understand your analogy. I still uh I I mean I still that I think that would be weird. Like just to other people, like they would be like that jersey's weird. Right. <laughs> you know? But it, but it would make logical. sense. But actually, too. it's just as weird as your uh, you know not your Jordan, but the fans' love of uh whatever sport their sport is.
0: Right. And do do you do you ever get do you ever get into these conversations with other people when it comes to playing lineups that. They understand that that you're playing fantasy sports, but they don't understand that you're playing multiple lineups, that people like people like uh like my my wife's mother or brothers or something, they'll come over or something and they'll be like, you know, maybe 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 I have MMA on or UFC or something, because I will watch UFC. And they'll ask you, it's like, oh, what who which one are you rooting for? And they're not, they know that it's it's fantasy that it's like. Do you have either got either of these guys in your lineup? I have both and, of them. <laughs> right, right, that's it. Right. Exactly. And then they then all of a sudden when you say that it's like I I always have to say I would prefer if this guy won, but it's not if this guy wins, I hope he wins with a lot of points. Right, and then they're like, "What? How how are you not rooting for like who's on?" Cuz they they always go back to, "Well, do you have either of these guys on your team?" Like it's at least people that understand that oh, you choose six fighters into a lineup, but they don't get the fact that I could have a hundred lineups and they all have different people. And they're like, why would you play a fighter in one lineup and then the opponent in the other lineup? Because they obviously don't understand the fact of like, like I'm not trying to predict who wins. I'm just trying to build lineups that like are profitable to win a lot of money regardless of that. Right. Uh, do you get into those conversations
1: at all? A little bit. Not really like MMA. You don't go out much, so probably you don't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You have to know people, Jordan. Uh, the uh, um, MMA, though, is the easiest to explain, I think, out of all of them, because really you just go, I want that guy to punch that guy in the face 200 times. <laughs> like, OK, I get it. Yeah, you but you could have both of the fighters. I mean, it but could that's be fine. That. Or, and then you could go further if you want to. You could go, or if the other guy wins, I want him to punch him in the face 200 times.
0: But I yeah, prefer there's, there's sometimes there's some at some point of the night you switch to. I don't want uh, either of these guys. to win. Right, right. You want it so that I, I hope they stare at each other. Right.
1: That's easy to explain, though. That's easy to explain. Right. Yeah. It's we're, less we're, easy
0: to explain for like NFL.
1: Right, NFL like good luck. Like the easiest NFL would be like, I hope like the Cincinnati Bengals score fifty points and most of it goes to Chase and Higgins. Right, something like that. But like even that's that's kind of hard hard to explain. Yeah, no, I mean, uh I yeah, those conversations are the worst. You know, like uh I don't know, I've I, I've gotten used to it. Like it's usually sports betting now. They think so. It's like sports betting. Like, yeah, it's like kind of like sports. You know, whatever,
0: right? But the thing—the thing about sports betting, though, is that that do you find that now that things are becoming kind of blurred together that the general public, like it, it feels like if I if I tell my my in laws that you know, like they know that I that I play daily fantasy sports. They think of it as sports betting, but when explained, it's like, oh, oh, they, they view it more as a skill base. They understand fantasy, you having a fantasy football league. They just don't understand the fact that it's every day and you're not drafting. You're just selecting based on salaries. Like they don't, they don't understand that, but the sports betting stuff, they, they understand, but they just assume that if you bet on sports, you're, you're, you you're not a winner. Like it, feel, it almost feels like like at least to me that the general public views fantasy sports as a game that can be beaten while sports betting is not a game and it can't be beaten. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. It's, it's getting a little better. It's getting a little better so when we were younger, it was definitely had a bigger stigma than it does now. and that's all the that's all casino lobbying propaganda. To keep you know to keep sports books from happening, uh, since you know two thousand since two thousand three, there two thousand three was kind of the glory age of online sports betting. Like all the youngsters won't won't know this, but Net NetTeller was like the online banker pre PayPal, and you could get money easily to thirty sports books with bonuses and bonus hunt hundred k a year if you wanted, maybe not that much, but something like that back then. Uh, although you'd be smarter to play just get good at poker <laughs> in 2003 but um those those days are you know long long behind us but they were fighting that wave with the U- IEGA law the you know all the all the bills uh, all billers are mostly familiar with that they would pass you know at midnight hour and attach them to Two other bills that had, like had nothing to do with with gambling that were going to pass for certain, and uh, that propaganda came along with that, and you know people just believe what they're told, and so they go, oh okay, sports betting, you know, it's just like mob related, and uh, I saw a casino, you know, but although even in casino, De Niro's character beat sport, sports betting, uh, but I think usually through like finding information. Uh, like underhanded information, but uh, yeah, it's, it's from the movies, the wild, wild West stories, all that type of stuff is just baked into the cake. But I think young people, I think it's kind of flipping and more international that the audience get with the internet. So like, you know, in, you know, this England's had sports betting for uh, what a hundred years forever, really. And uh, you know, other countries have it, have had it forever so like the more it becomes more mainstream and the the news articles start laying off uh although when they need it they'll they'll pressure it again and they'll wheel up some idiot kid who lost his daddy's uh, money on a DraftKings sports book when they need when they need something to happen so it'll happen again but,
0: but i think but, but the question i have is do you think that i find that the general public and this is the general public, not general public that plays any of this, that does any of this. Poker, as because of the boom in the 2000s, is looked at as a game of skill, is looked at as the general public. They may not understand like the exact probabilities and hand ranges and everything like that, but they get the fact that like it's, the game isn't about trying to make a Royal flush, right? It's a, it's, it's a game competing against other people. And there are probabilities of making certain hands versus the amount of money that you wager, you know, like the, like they may not call They may not know what EV or expected value is, but they get that. It's, it's, it's a math based game, fantasy sports. They also view in the, spe, in the, the spectrum of even in a season long game, In your office league, it's like, oh, this guy knows football more than anyone. He's going to draft the better players at at better positions, right? He's going to know who to pick at what spots and who to start and sit. And it's like, yeah, that is, but we're of course basing it based on probabilities, right? You you build projections and you go, well, who should I start? Who should I sit? Should I correlate? Should I like? But their perception of it is still based around. Skilled skillful probabilities. But then when it comes to sports betting, it I almost find any conversation I've had with someone that, that is unfamiliar with it. It comes down. It, it comes down to like odds don't exist. So just, it's like, Oh, who do you think is going to win the game? Is it going to be the, the dolphins or the Texans? And I'm like, like, and if I said, Oh, I, 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 let's say I said, I, I got, the, I got the Texans. And they're like well the Texans are horrible it's like yeah but I I, I got I got them at plus 280 no. right and they're like like yeah but they're a long shot to, you, you're gonna win it's like yeah but you know if I if I get them at, at, at plus 400 all I'm saying is that I think they're gonna win more than 20% of the time right but they but the debate like they can understand that in other aspects like poker. But they can't understand that in, in sports betting because I get I I've talked to people when I play even when I play poker. So I go out and I play poker and inevitably, you know, someone's looking at some people are betting on sports or something. Some conversation happens or I'm looking at my laptop or something and they go, oh, OK, uh, uh, I didn't you, you bet on baseball. And I go I go kind of. I mean, I say I, I do prop bets. And they look at me funny and they go, or, or I don't even say that. And they go, you know, Oh, you uh, bet. Who do you got? Who do you got in the baseball games tonight? And I go, "I, I don't got teams. I got, I got, I got pitchers. I got, and they look, and it's like, it's like they've never heard of this side. And these are people that play poker. I mean, like these are people that are at least around there and any conversation I hear at the poker table, like I never hear odds. And these are people that play poker and they're decent poker players. And it's like, oh yeah, I got the, I got the, you know, I got, you know, what it was college basketball or, you know, I got the Dodgers tonight, you know, on the run line, which is like a minus one ten bet or something like that. But, but when I bring up, it's like, yeah, I got, I got Kevin Gausman over five and a half strikeouts, like, like, at plus one forty or something like that. And it's like, wow, that's that's amazing because, you know, it should be minus one twenty efficiently, like it is it just me or does it feel like even amongst the people that even get into sports betting, like it's just not looked at. like this so like there's so much who's gonna win and not like my bet is based on the odds and I believe that the probability is higher or lower than those odds. not that I think that that team's gonna win or lose.
1: yeah, you you're kind of like got two things there. the stigma. And then the like the knowledge gap, and but I think, I think yeah,
0: but I think for the the general public it's related because September twenty eighth comes around. Kentucky is going to open up mobile sports betting. I'm going to be I'm going to be I'm going to be betting on sports, and you know my my uh, my mother in law, her I mean my my wife's uh, father who passed away, was a degenerate gambler, so. Sounds awesome. Her mother looks at me as like like oh, maybe he will have a problem or something like that. And it's like this is this is this is a woman that 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 goes and bets penny slots on a cruise that has like like an eighty percent payback, right. which is like ridiculously bad, and doesn't understand. And even when I say that, like doesn't understand like what that means. Like like no no you in Las Vegas you could play machines that are like ninety seven percent payback. Like your money at least goes further that way than you playing these garbage machines, but she just views it as gambling. Like she's, she would view it as if I was, if I was betting on football lines and whatever like that, it's like, Oh, it's gambling and not that, well, I have a model and it says that this is the probability the market says it to me, it's the age old thing of sports betting is essentially the same as options trading, Yet if you, if you, if, if I, if I told my mother-in-law, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm an options trader on the, on the stock market. Like that's viewed as like, oh, oh, nice high class, high class job. And to be fair, I think more options traders are degenerates than fucking sports better. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I think, I think, I think the majority of people think that way. Like your mother-in-law. The um, I, th- I think you're giving a little too much credit to the people who think like understand poker as like oh that's a game of skill. It's definitely changed, but in 2006 or so, it was still like that. I was playing for a living then. Uh Anyone, anyway, most a lot of the people I talked to, especially older people, they didn't get it at all, and it was just as weird as talking about DFSs today or the last few years. So right. I don't think I. I I, I don't know. Like it's it's still really niche, you know. And like, there's I mean, a reason. Crop, that markets are the, so small.
0: The thing about poker is that at least they see it on TV. Like, right? Like, oh, poker tournaments on. Like, this is the credible. Yeah. You don't see. You don't see DFS. Or in 2006,
1: that. it, that's only been that way for a few years. Right. So like before, like in two before 2003, they they all would have thought you poker if you're playing poker. They first of all they were like, sure you are, yeah, sure you are, buddy. You know, you know, I don't. I don't believe you're playing poker for a living. And then if they did, they'd be like, Oh, well, he's going to lose everything, you know, all the time. Oh, you're going to lose it all. Like, yeah. All right. Okay. So, yeah, I think, I think it's, that's just the majority of people. And it's been, it's been that way. I mean, it was illegal, right? I mean, you had to go and you did this, you had to go into legal sports room, uh, poker rooms to play poker and sports betting. You had to go through a bookie back then, you know, and, and, um, for the internet where it was ubiquitous, like um, you had to know somebody to even gamble. And then that guy, like you heard that guy beat up somebody, you know, cause they didn't pay him back. And then it, it did have, it did happen. So like, of course, you know, soccer moms are not going to understand, understand this world. And like, that's why prop bets are such a small market because the guys at the poker table are like, what's a prop bet, <laughs> you know, because it's their dumb money that makes the, uh, makes the main markets so liquid you know without them then nfl sides wouldn't be you couldn't get 25k down on an nfl side on a sunday morning without without the, the dummies at the poker table so i mean
0: i don't know if you get that even if without the dummies anymore
1: on the nfl side i think you can yeah yeah i think so yeah i wouldn't recommend it though
0: <laughs> but are are, are are you are you doing more sports betting now than you uh, What what's your mix as far as Sports betting related activities, non DFS versus DFS, as far as where your like your your volume is going. Well, we've because been legal- me, only, only. I'm only asking because for me, it's shifting way more and more yeah. towards props and sports betting. The only the only concern of mine is that, and I, and I mentioned this on Twitter that that when people are like, oh, the, the edge in DFS is going down, mm-hmm. and a lot more people are prop betting, sports betting. And there may be bigger edges there. The only thing is, is that in DFS, no matter, even if the edge is getting smaller, getting the money down is, you never have a problem with. But getting the money down, you know, September 28th comes around. Next thing you know, it's December 1st and 17 of my 20 outs are gone. Like, and then then the game becomes 95, what, what it used to be back in the day of just finding accounts and getting partnerships. And it's like, that's not, I, I don't want that job. So you, yeah. do you think that, well, for you personally, what's mm-hmm. your mix now? And what do you expect in the future? And do you feel like it's the same concern of you got to play more DFS in general because the sports betting pot just may get smaller and smaller just based on limits.
1: So we've been legal longer than, than you guys have, obviously you're just coming on now. Right. So I've, I think it's been like four years now or so, maybe three years now. So when it first came on, I, I was sports betting quite a bit. Um, and then I got limited at bed rivers and Points um, bet probably points bet. Yes. And then I was like, I'm going to try to save these other accounts, because if you just bet props and like I was trying to be smart about it, like I would bet, you know, uh, the occasional side or total, um, you know, I don't know exactly. I'm sure there's there's like a, a little dance you're supposed to play. That's, you know, the keep you alive the longest. I don't know what it is, but well, it feels
0: playing. like the dance doesn't matter because I think they limit people that even aren't sharp.
1: Right. They, they, and their, their net is too big. They're casting to get rid of all these sharps like that. Who knows? Like I could have been a net loser. They They might have blown money on me, you know. Um, but e- either way, like my plan. so then I, I scaled, well, you have to scale back. Right. Cause the only thing I could have beaten was props anyways, I'm not a professional sports better. And, uh, so I scaled back with the plan of like building an app and like making some more, um, automatic automated tools. So I could like kind of smash it all at once and then just go for all the books that are still here and just kind of attack it for six months. I still haven't done that because i'm lazy and it takes work but like that was kind of the the idea and so like now i'm just betting like the occasional prop that pops up like etr sends out an alert or um right angle sports uh sends out some alerts and they're put, just
0: piggybacking on other people's originating
1: piggybacking on some other yeah some other right
0: and then catching like, it before it moves obviously
1: Right. Right. Try to do if, Yeah. If if I, if I'm get to my computer and it's 30 minutes after the alert, I'm not betting it. You know what I mean? You're dead after 30 seconds, much less 30 minutes. So just trying to squeak in a few of those before they move. Like I've probably got, you know, five or six season long, um, player prop bets going already on DraftKings, stuff like that. So,
0: so, so if you move, I, I, It sounds like nine, still 90% of your action 95 is,
1: is still DFS. Yeah. And you don't plan on that change? No. Well, I don't know. Like, I'm probably gonna take a crack at sports betting a little bit more. I'm not sure. I'm not. I mean, my my account might be worth more selling it than letting somebody, you know, like Rufus or, or uh, Spanky, just bet my account for me.
0: And then just take your percentage.
1: Yeah. Because, like, yeah, like I could I could probably get them some good bets for a while. Although now I'm saying this publicly, now I'm probably not.
0: But. Do, do you think? Do you think that your that your decision on your path and your mix is dependent on what, like what 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 your nut is? Because I think that matters a lot more. Because I think there's a lot there's a lot of people out there, uh, in sports betting, touting or whatever. I know you have no problem with touts, right? That you can't make a lot of money doing it. Like it's, it's not as easy to make a lot of money, but it's actually much easier to make a little money. And it's very rarely portrayed that way. So like on, on, on my shows, when it comes to prop betting or even like the prize picks underdog type of stuff, I'm like with a decent size, with a decent enough bankroll, you could probably, it's not that difficult, even without promos, without bonuses, without any of that type of stuff, that if you, you could spend an hour or two a day and it's not with, it's realistic to make 20 grand for, for the year and in, in baseball, football, whatever. Like if that's your nut, if 20, 25 grand is your nut, like I think that's absolutely doable. Now, if two hundred fifty grand is your nut, like that's that's a little bit different. If two point five million is your nut, now we're now we're talking about now. Now you need to spend more money on partnerships and accounts and more of that type of stuff. Is your is is it more the fact that your volume in DFS is so large that like the easy twenty to twenty five k a year type of nut? Is it just isn't worth your work unless you can automate it so quickly that it just takes that amount, just that amount of time. But for someone else, someone like me, where like my nut on the year between everything is like 50 to 75,000. Like if I can make that, I'm happy, right? I'm I'm living the life that I live and I get recurring info uh, income from all the content stuff that I do anyway. Mm -hmm. Like that just means that like, it feels like to me that I'm, taking the money that i would have normally played in like dfs cash games and just put it into prop bets right and it's like this is less swings better roi and a little bit more work but it's work at a different time like i'm doing more work in the morning than i am before lock and then the more and more i do this it's like dude if my path is to is my nuts 50k like what why do I have to play this much DFS? Like, yeah, I don't think I need to, but
1: like, yeah, you're you're like you're like Joey Kanish, you know, from Rounders. Like every little <laughs> just, just grinding that edge, Kanish. Um, I I you know I've always I've always um admired your your kind of um strategy for low variance play, which I think like people gloss over that like it's nothing and it's like that's so big you guys like if you gambled for as long as we have like you'd understand like how much pain and suffering that can cause and it's just if you could figure out a way to lower that and I, I mean you listen to my stuff like I preach like strategy like that all the time and like no one even ever picks up on it and I'm like I think that's like one of the most important things to do like portfolio balancing and stuff like that but like um
0: but, but I mean but the thing is that you have to sacrifice the yeah. I could win a million dollars in a day type like you're just you're not yeah. gonna but there's not but there's a middle ground because some people go oh well then you you people that just play head-to-heads and double ups it's like that's the lowest variance it's also the highest skill because there's not right. many fish in that pond anymore right, right 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 so there's a balance there's a balance it's not like I, I'm I'm still playing large field gpps but it's like I'm not playing 150 entries and instead of playing nba cash games for a a 2.2% ROI. It's like, dude, I'm getting like six, 7% on props compounded daily. Why the fuck aren't I doing that? And I'm not putting down like 20% of my bankroll. I'm still only putting down one, 2%. Like there's a give and take. I think people, people look at it too far on the spectrum of like, either you're a knit or you're going for gold. And there really is a balance between, even you, there's a balance between the two
1: sure i i I, like i get where like the the going for the two percent props and stuff like that like for a lot of people though they don't have your base of skills that you already have accumulated over time and they have to figure out how to get that one or two percent that's like a lot of work to then get limited you know or like it's not dfs like you could easily be banned on all these sites doing props even the new you know side ones so like I, it makes, it, I could understand someone being like hesitating going down that path when they don't know where to look and then how to price props and all that stuff. And then and they don't know how to automate anything. And so it's a lot of time and effort. Like, so for me, like you said already, like if I could automate it and it's like, it's like when you do your thing at midnight or whatever, I just press a button and then I go to bed, you know, and right. you're sitting there for another hour or two, then I would, then I would do it. But like what i what I would rather be part of if if I went down the sports betting avenue is a group. Like I think I'd be more valuable as like a group member with like coming up with models and coding, um, maybe finding accounts, you know, through other people. So you'd want to be one.
0: part of a syndicate.
1: Yeah, I think I'd rather be part of a new syndicate. So why why you why don't you have a lull syndicate? Um, well, you know, and also I've talked about this before. Like, I think you could do like a cool crypto one too. Like you could incorporate. Well, you know, I'm at once you said the word crypto. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But like, you could do like smart contracts and stuff through it. And so you don't need a lawyer and like, who's doing lawyers with this type of thing? You could, but, um, uh, uh, like, and I just like, like you might be able to keep accounts more honest that way too, that you, that you buy and utilize through smart contracts on, on a and that's the, This
0: is the type of stuff that I just. This is not the, what I wanted to do for a living.
1: But when you're doing it in a group, it's slightly, you know, like that wouldn't be your responsibility. Like you're, I don't know what yours would be. So I need group. to find someone
0: that really loves partnerships and accounts.
1: Right. Like, yeah. Right, and but, but, truthfully,
0: they're the most valuable. Truthfully, they're the most valuable person on the team.
1: Probably. Yeah. Probably. Um. But yeah, like, like something like that would be. Like, I wouldn't want to do the account thing either. So, like, I agree with you. But, like, being on my own in the sports betting world just sounds so lonely and boring. And um, well, that's why you have shows and you talk about it. <sighs> yeah. I, guess, I way, mean, just talking about Brian, it, you're just asking to get banned.
0: Yeah. But, Brian, isn't that the reason why you started doing sure. videos or whatever? Because you were lonely and you just, even if you're giving away edge or whatever. And of course, my claim is always, Ninety-five percent of the people watching aren't going to fucking do it anyway. <laughs> like it doesn't even matter. Uh, and of course, you have the whole thing of well, five percent turn into monsters, and I'm dead. But I mean, you did con- you you do a show every week because so you're not lo- you view it as a it's a social thing. Yeah. So why can't you just think the same way with the sports betting? But I understand, see, I understand your perspective when it comes to content, when it comes to picks, like at, at all the stuff that I do at, at Roto grinders, like a lot of other people there have transitioned into doing more content on scores and odds and picks and stuff like that. But like, to me, like I'm grinding, like I'm, if I, I'm getting down before I tell anyone else, right? And by the time I tell anyone, the the number probably moves. So, like, to me, I don't view content to be, like, what the fuck can I do, right? Because either I'm betting it or I'm telling someone to bet on it. I'm making the money by betting it. So, to me, my value is more in education on, like, educating people, like, on just basic math and statistics. I'm like, like, dude, did... Here's the difference between if you got minus 112 versus minus 108 on a line for 365 days, how much more money would you have? You know, like that type of stuff. Like, you don't have to be long, you don't have to. I mean, I it still comes down to the question that you didn't ask, you didn't answer about your nut. Like you're, I mean, it's not the break-even point, but I'm assuming that I I'm much more. Humble on what I'm looking to make mm. doing all of this. And you'd like to make you, you don't mind taking on much more risk. That's part of it. a lot more money.
1: That's definitely part of it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, my risk tolerance is, is, is broken. Um, <laughs> anyone who plays DFS for a living. I mean, I mean these edges are so small now this is another topic but like the edges are so small now that like even having an edge might not be good enough because it's just so swingy you might never achieve that edge if you're only getting if you only got like 2 3% edge or 1% edge it just might not be worth playing DFS but like just like for me like personally you know obviously everyone has their own thoughts is like I don't I don't think you pick what you're into like I was, you know, I'm not a sports fan anymore. I used to be a sports fan. It, it just, it? It just happened. Or something? <laughs> no, it's just <laughs> deterministic, you know, philosophy, worldview of, you know, all the way back to the Big Bang, like whatever. Um, you don't really control any of these things. They kind of just what you're into is just, you know, I don't just go like, I'm just going to be an awesome pickleball player, right? I'm just going to play pickleball all the time. There's a bunch of things that even if you did end up becoming an awesome pickleball player who played all the time, there's a bunch of things that led up to that. And so like, I, I'm just not interested in being a sports better right now. And, um, And it's, and it's not like something I can control where like tomorrow I'm going to be like, no, that's it. I'm flipping the switch. I'm going to be excited to sports bet and come up with ideas and tools and blah, blah, blah to spend hours and hours betting sports. So like, that's why I'm not into it. I'm just saying if I was going to transition to it and I did get the bug. So like, like guitar is a perfect example for me. Like I used to be a guitar teacher and uh, through college, and um, I got in a car accident and ripped my thumb off. And they attached it, but it like doesn't bend right here. And I was kind of done playing guitar anyways. This is 2006. So like um, I just didn't play guitar for uh, 18 years or something after that. But then I just, for some reason, I got the bug again about like eight months ago. And I play guitar constantly. And that's why I got that new chair I told you about. Mm-hmm. Because it's more suitable to play guitar in. Um, but I don't control any of that. I didn't want, and like when I was a kid, my parents were begging me to pick up an instrument, but I didn't want to. I didn't start playing until I was uh, sixteen. You know, like it, it's it, there's no rhyme or reason. It just happens through a bunch of random interactions and genes and things that 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 go back hundreds of thousands of years. And so, like, I don't think you like you can pick up this passion. I think it just it just sort of happens. So for me, that's why I'm not going full bore and do sports betting. I'm just not into it right now, but maybe I will be. And if I was going to do it, this, I think I'd be more interested in the syndicate model. So like, I feel like ETR is kind of like a syndicate. They're just doing it more publicly. So like, instead of hiring all the accounts, getting all the accounts and then betting, you know, 500 bets at once, they just put it on their, Put it on right discount. and then
0: they're just getting a guaranteed and they get a guarantee
1: by- 120 right. bucks or whatever i don't know what their fee is for the for the year um which you know so like i would be fine with that model too actually maybe that would be something i'd want to do but one of those two because like you said like i'd rather it be uh, a social um a, the, the social piece of it and I don't want to be the only guy again. You know what I mean? Like poker or DFS in the beginning.
0: I mean poker. Well, poker if you play online.
1: Yeah, poker if you play online. Like I've
0: been playing. I've been playing live. And Brian, let me tell you, like playing live poker. I mean, or play. I mean, maybe maybe it's more live. Like after you've played DFS for seven years regularly, seven eight uh, coming up on eight years. And I used to play poker back when you played. Po- I mean, we both did the same, the same path. You got especially with that tweet with the World Series of Poker, like the payout for the main event. Yeah. Did you see that with the twelve yeah, yeah, million yeah. up top and whatever? Yeah. And then I looked joked around me. and I looked and I like, wow, what a flat payout structure. Right, right. I mean, because we're DFS is is higher rake and top more top heavy. That I went back to playing when I played live poker now. I'm just amazed at how low variance it is. And when we played poker back in the day, it was high. It was like, wow, the swings in poker are so dramatic. And then after playing DFS for this long, going back to poker feels like cares, right? It almost feels like, Oh, I'm an 80, 20. Like I dude in DFS, you could never get in as an 80, 20. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm a 90, 10 and I lose like on a two outer. Oh, well, but like, Dude, DFS, you never get in as a 90. Like, like right. it's the type. I, I explained it to one per, one person. In poker, Brian, ace king versus deuces. Right? What do what do poker people consider that? A coin flip, right? Yeah. But it isn't. The deuces, deuces are 50, 52 yeah.
1: 28, a 52% yeah. favorite. That's to the old Slim Amarillo Slim scam. Jack 10, Ace King, Deuces, remember? Right. Anyways,
0: but the thing is like the pot the pot the pair against the two over cards is looked at in poker by poker players as it's a flip. Yet if you tell a DFS player that you have a 52-48, it's hey. like if like that's kind of the edges that we're that, like, like, dude, we're compounding the maybe not 52, but it's like we're looking at 58 42s. We're looking at we're we're basically playing like ace eight versus yeah versus king ten. And going well, I got ace eight, and then my opponent has king ten. A poker player would look at you and go, "That isn't that big of a favor." <laughs> like, like, right. like that you're 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 putting down so much money in those spots. It's like in poker, you could put down money and, and get your opponent in really bad spots, but in DFS, those are the spots.
1: It's more like PLO, PLO oh, on yeah. steroids,
0: right? Where You never like you never more than a sixty yeah. percent favor over almost anyone.
1: Yep. I mean, the point I made earlier, people don't take uh seriously and I don't think about it very much but if you have like your 52 48 if you have, let's say you have a 4 percent edge in your 150 set which is pretty good actually that's you're probably one of the best players nowadays um if with the swings as huge as they are in DFS like you could go broke you know 10 times before <laughs> becoming this uh, you know before before becoming rich. Like, cause the swings are so, so huge, like 4%, you know, maybe that's somewhere around there, maybe one, 2% for sure. But like, that's the example I always give is like the lottery. Like when it rolls over so much, there's actually a slight edge for every ticket you buy not much, but it's a, it's a plus EV bet, but even Elon Musk couldn't afford it. If he was playing proper bankroll management, because he would eventually go broke and he'd have to sell Tesla before he hit hit the lottery, right? Because it, it takes some – so if he could live forever or if he just would buy all the tickets every time. I don't know how. Either whichever would go first, but it's just an analogy. And DFS is way more close to that than it is Texas Hold'em, No Limit Texas Hold'em or Limit Texas Hold'em uh, in terms of the variance. So when your variance is huge, it's like, yeah, sure, my lottery ticket is plus EV, but uh, at a certain point, is it worth – is it worth betting compared to my bankroll? And I think that's kind of the world we're living in with DFS right now.
0: But do you think that, that the biggest determination on your edge is more so how many, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the, cause I, I've looked at this year CSVs from MLB, from NBA, from NFL. And to me, the determination is more so on how many bad players are still left and less on how many good players exist. Like to me. Like I I found. With my rudimentary skills. That the di- like. If I were to build a 150 set. In MLB tonight. Against your 150 set. I don't think our portfolios would be. Dramatically different in ROI. Yours probably would end up being a little bit better. Right. I'm willing to at least admit that. But against the the difference between me, you, and Uticao, and list off all the one fifty, Alex, and everyone. Like, we're basically all competing against, like, the bulk that's left over from the bad lineups. And although you would like to have more than your fair share than Alex or Uticao or whoever, at the end of the day, if there wasn't for the 20% of bad lineups, like, no one could make money. It's just a matter of how it's it's now you're just I think more people consider GPPs like they're trying to like, how do I get better than Brick 75? And don't think in terms of let me make sure there's enough bad lineups in here that it's worth it to play at all. That even if we like you said, there's enough bad lineups that there's this small two percent edge that could be shared amongst all these people. And maybe you have two point six percent and I have one point four percent but the edge is still so small that is it worth it to, to put down three grand to max enter this contest and go through those swings. But there are also, there are some, especially during NFL season, there are some contests where the amount of negative EV lineups and that are like four X, five X the rake in the contest. Like those are like, Oh, now the pie is so much bigger that I don't have to, I don't have to be better than Chipotle addict. I just have to have, yeah. lineups that aren't part of the bad lineups dude. that I don't think people thought, think of that as much when really that's the reason why everyone had an edge in 2013 is because like 70% of the field were fucking bad lineups. I mean, like, right. like no one knew. How to right, lineups, right. 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 So now <laughs> once we get down to like there being less bad lineups in the rake, like we're starting to get into territory where no one could make a, make a profit anymore. I don't think we're there. But I think too many people focus on how do I get to be good like Brian Hooper instead of how do I just find the contests that have the the weakest players and the most bad lineups and then just build competent lineups regardless of like, oh, well, maybe these are a little too high-owned. Well, maybe these are a little too – like now you're you're trying to get the extra 1% there, but really the main point of the game is to find – find the contest with shitty lineups in it.
1: Yeah, if, if especially if you're like starting out or building bankroll. All those skills are way more important than trying to beat Uticao. Um, I, I kind of group it into three. Like three buckets is pretty – it's probably about right. We got the, the 20% that you're talking about. They're just like dead money. And then there's like in between, right, average, and then like the 150ers, right, or like the, the full-timers – whatever you want to call it. And I would say all three buckets have gotten significantly sharper since 2015. Um, and so it's a problem at every level. So like even the middle guys, they're now using like stochastics lineup generator or, or they're, or they're, or they're, or, or they have decent projections where they didn't even have projections before, you know, and, or they're getting an optimizer that's free now, you know, like, um,
0: or they're, or, or they're just going by someone's top plays, and the top plays are obviously top projected players anyway. I mean, like, it's yeah. the type of thing at Roto-Grinders where I tell people, it's like, like, sure, you could read an article that has all the top plays and the reasons for them, but if you go to lineup HQ and just, like, sort by the port per dollar column or something, <laughs> like, be it's going to be those people. I mean, like, it's... So that you want to do it quicker, there's there's an easier way of doing
1: it. So that took the bot like a bottom 20% guys was probably more like but 40% back then, put them up into the middle section, which stinks because that's money from out of your pocket. And then a lot of like 150ers who probably shouldn't have been doing 150 also got better in that time and survived and learned and got better, or they're using these new tools. There's also there's also sims now, multiple Sims, it sounds like. That you could um, that you could use at various sites that are you know increasing their edge or decreasing their their shitty amount of shitty lineups you know so even at the top it's getting harder and like you could just here here's a dead giveaway Jordan this is just uh, you know look at all the awesome good players who know either no longer play or have scaled back their play or have limited the amount of sports they've played. Almost all, yeah, of them.
0: dude. I'm one of
1: them. Right. Yeah. Like. Oh. I mean. But like. N- no offense. Not me or you. Like. Right. Alex Utikau says he's thinking about retiring. Ricky D. Does, I don't think he's playing baseball anymore. De- gave up NBA. I mean, even even the Burrito Brothers. Like they've scaled back.
0: They play, they'll play football, but
1: I, not, I, we're, I, not I, I mean, we're not even talking OGs, right? We're not even talking. Right. Uh. What? Uh, what's his name? Uh. Who are the who are the the the? the, the we about like
0: CSU or and, like yeah that.
1: Uh, yeah the the guy the. Kind of, Max nextaldry yeah uh, right what he yeah, he uh, change his name to why am I blanking say he' sued S- su thank really? you yeah not even those guys I'm talking like the actually good guys <laughs> like the right. guys in the, like, the last five years or so like um vast majority of them and if and you could tell too if they're not if they people if they're not running hot <laughs> they're definitely scaling back their play so like I think that's just like all you need to know smart good people playing a lot less. Uh the games are just super sharp. But do
0: you also think but go, getting to your your tweet that you had uh you know a couple of weeks ago that you know you said here MLB DFS is getting pretty sharp. Most nights there were only a handful of the 150 maxers that are plus EV. Mm-hmm. Last night there were only 11. Some nights there are even less. And this is according to the stochastic post contest results sim based on the actual field. And obviously they're based on the stochastic projections which right. I mean you you use but it doesn't mean that it's gospel. I, I don't use them, but right. But the thing is, is that my 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 theory the whole time, not necessarily the whole. The more it it's it goes against the notion that of course we see the the troll notion. You have 150 lineups. You can cover all the combinations, and you can win everything and whatever like that. Yeah, it goes against the fundamental concept that that as you play more lineups the ROI of your portfolio has to go down because you can't capture the same equity with every lineup. So like lineup number one, like I I, I, used, I used the example on the pregame show a couple of weeks ago of like a 10-man contest, right? We used the little examples, right? This is something that you would do in your previous videos. You used to have a series or whatever in Excel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a 10-man contest. And we're going to forget about rake. It's rake free. And it's a 50-30-20 payout. Top three, right? 10-man contest. And you can put in as many entries as you want, right? So you can play all 10 if you want.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, if you played $10, right, for one entry, the maximum amount of equity you could have in the contest is 50 bucks, right? First place. If you put in two entries, the maximum amount of, of equity you could have in the contest is $80. Mm-hmm. Divide that by two, the average would be 40 bucks each in max equity between right. each lineup. And then if you do the third one, yeah. you're playing 30 bucks and the max equity you could have is, is a hundred dollars, which is like 33 bucks. If you five entries for 50 bucks, it doesn't increase your equity because there's no more payout spots. That, that, that is what portfolio theory is in DFS that as you add more lineups to your portfolio, your ROI has to mathematically go down yeah. and you need to build even better lineups on average to make up for the loss because your fir- your first lineup could only win a hundred thousand your second lineup could only win forty thousand your third if you if because you're competing against your own lineups also but you're paying the same amount per lineup so isn't there theoretically a point in which based on the lineups that are already in the contest and the strength of those lineups. Isn't there a theoretical point where you can't get your portfolio can't increase your ROI. There's a point there's a It depends on the slate depends on the contest, but there's a theoretical point where 83 lineups that you personally can't build an 84th lineup that makes you a higher ROI
1: mm-hmm.
0: or lowers your very, that does something positive for you that at that point you should be cutting it off on a slate on the millimaker there's so many bad lineups in NFL maybe it'd be like you know dude if i could build 700 lineups i'd do it right but isn't there there has to be because of the dynamics that your lineups are competing against one another there has to be a way to see simul- yeah. if you could simulate how many lineups that could possibly be made in a portfolio that if you go past there that you're really not you're not gaining you're you're it's it can only be negative for you
1: sure I'm sure that I'm sure that's right. Like, yeah, you can't like, if you put in like 8,000 lineups into a 15,000 person GPP, I doubt that that makes you money in the long run. Those extra, however many lineups,
0: right. You'll win more often, but you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll lose money in the process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure there's, cause you'd be taking slots away from bad players. You would be taking away slots from, from, from dead money. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's that's probably right.
0: But but the pragmatic the problem with that, however, and we had a conversation on Twitter about it, is that when you build your 150 lineups, like you're not which what if I said that you shouldn't be playing more than 83 lineups, would right. you be able to tell which 83 lineups you should play out of your 150? Probably not.
1: No, I mean, I bet I could get it closer than people think. But yeah, it would, it would um maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. I think,
0: the, but the point, the overall point I'm making is that if the edges are going down, if you say, oh two 2% or whatever like that, wouldn't it be make, make more sense from a variant standpoint? So thinking more in the right. Joey Kanish mindset that you could have a, you could, what you, you would be, be better off playing instead of playing 150, just playing 35 playing what I mean, and be, make the best 35 exploitatively that you can like that would be, that would make you as much money as playing 150, and lower the swings that you would have and then be able to spread the rest of your volume out. Yeah. Like, like the, basically that's the concept that, I mean, that's the concept I've lived by yeah. from the beginning. Cause even, I mean, I rarely play 150 dude. I, I played large field GBPs for a long time. Binked at NBA and I play 40 lineups and 20 lineups and 60 lineups and,
1: I've considered, you don't have
0: to play one fifty.
1: Yeah, I've considered it. I mean, I do that in the high stakes. I don't max the high stakes. I mean, sometimes, but not not always, um, because like I doubt they're making thirteen plus EV lineups a lot of these, a lot of these. Although there's not many people who do thirteen anymore, do the full or whatever it is that day. Right. Um, there's only a couple. But, but isn't yet.
0: that the sign yeah. that my that my point has to be have to have a bunch of merit when? If you're not willing to put in seventy-eight thousand dollars worth of lineups in some high states, like okay, well, yeah. there is a point where bankroll management right. and variance control come. It's just that at the at the at the fifteen-dollar level, you know, playing twenty-two fifty is like okay. What playing the difference between playing fifteen hundred dollars worth of entries and twenty-two hundred dollars entries? Like you're already playing five figures worth of entries, so like, right? Who cares right. if the X the other seventy lineups really? Like it would have been better if I didn't play those lineups. The like, think like,
1: that, what I've noticed through the Sims is the difference is how um, diverse you want to make your portfolio. If you do the old school kind of way of 150 set with one unique, and if you win, you take first, second, fourth, eighth, ninth, tenth, you know what I mean? If you do that, if you make... If you know how to make plus EV lineups, or you have a process that, generally speaking, you're plus EV, and you do like one unique and all the lineups are very similar, you could probably get your whole phone fifty plus EV a lot easier. But also,
0: your swings are going to be your swings are going to be an,
1: a, a massive. So, like I like playing less swingy and trying to build a portfolio from that way. But then when you go through these post lock sims it's going to show you that your 150 is not as good. And part of that is because, you know, like I don't use Osmos projections. So um, when I'm high on their list, I, um, and it's a good sign for me because I'm like, I'm not even using their stuff. So I'm doing something right. If it's showing plus EV in their 150 set where their post lock Sims. But like, I've noticed like if, if like, for some reason I'm just heavy on one, obvious team or something my roi will go up in their sims and in others and so like (laughs) like i don't you have to like you have to find some like balance there and i just i mean i think it's just tough to get a whole 150 plus cv now and and also like you know like if their projections are wrong or cardi's are wrong or you know one of them's right or one of them's wrong or somebody else's you make your own it's going to show It's gonna show different numbers too, but it should show about the same amount of people being plus EV, like somewhere relatively. And plus EV is also relative too, because like I was trying to point out in that post, I think in the follow-up to you that I had in there, like a lot of them are 0.01% plus EV, 0.5% plus EV. Like you might as well be negative EV at that point. The game's so swingy. So it's like, you know, people who are like 2% or higher, on any given night, like you could probably expect to make some money. um, and, But like, so like that number is dwindling so much that is this, just, we just talked about MLB though. I think it's every sport. Um, there, th- That logic holds true with any sport. Cause usually there is just like specific combos or players or stacks or however you want to call call it that are just the good ones that day. And so like, if they're, If you just add more of them. So like if you, you know, from an optimizer standpoint, if you put like six uniques, it's going to drop the, you know, your, your Kansas city Royal stack from 25 down to 12 or something like that. Right. But if you scale that to one unique, it's going to put them up to 40% or something. And it's going to be like, Oh, you, you were smart. You played a whole bunch of Kansas city, but in reality, you don't want to, you don't want to be that. That uh, have that much variance. So, like, you well, well, that's the
0: difference between exploit. Like, I play exploitatively in that way where I'm not doing it, I'm not using automation or running simulations where I want to play more of what the teams that I believe are under owned for their projection and less of the teams that are over owned for their projection. But there is a point where the more lineups that I play, the more that I have incentive from a portfolio management perspective, variance control perspective of yeah that these these rockies these 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 core stacks are low are low EV are like are not are not the best to play. We'd be better to play the the shit royal stacks and be better to play the this 10% own pitcher or whatever. But in 40 lineups, like if I was playing three lineups, I'd say fuck it. I'm Like I ain't playing. I ain't, I ain't playing the chalk core stack, but in 150 lineups, I'd be like, I'll play 10 of them. So I, so I don't have this. And obviously play 10 that are contrarian enough that I'm not like sharing shit with half the fucking field, but that only comes into play because you're doing it for the sake of your bankroll management. And the more percentage of your bankroll that you're playing, the more likely you should be doing that. So I always advise people that it sounds counterintuitive. And this is one of the edges in the single entry three max type of contest. I go, when you're playing only one to three lineups, like dude, fucking fade cores, dude, fucking don't play the 70% on pitcher. I mean, like, like, you don't need to, like, are you playing three lineups and are you playing less than 1% of your bankroll? If you're playing play the highest EV lineups like that. But if you tell me you're, I'm playing 5% of my bankroll in 150 lineups, it's like, you better fucking play some core stacks in the 70% of <laughs> pitcher. Because if you don't, it's going to hit it often enough that next thing you know, two months from now, 80% of your bankroll is gone. Like, I, yeah. I don't think enough people talk about that they almost view it the opposite. They think because they have 150, it's like, well, I'll just make a whole bunch of combos of things that aren't the chalk. Right. And it's like, no, I think you need to play more chalk because every lineup that you add to your portfolio naturally yeah. lowers your EV because you're competing against your own lineups. And when you're pulling, playing one lineup, dude, it only represents like so little of your bankroll. Why not? If there's a if there's a lineup out there that has a 40% ROI. Why the fuck are you bothering with these 11% ROI lineups that are, that are, they're sharing, they're chalky. Just play the fucking one, fucking have, grow some balls and stack against the highest owned pitcher. And like,
1: you, yeah. you, you, under, you understand, you understand that? Like, I see what you're saying. It, right. but the, That's a, from a handbuilder's perspective. So for me, it doesn't matter. Like I just, well, your, your computer just
0: tells you what to do and just you walk away. Right.
1: <laughs> and I walk away. So like, I I don't, I don't want to, if it's like play course, then I play course If it doesn't like it so like on, on the on the on the on the three max or whatever my advice is always just make sure your are two teams you're gonna do two and they're make sure they're different from each other you know a decent amount because you want if you're hand building especially you know just because and you want them decent if especially when if they're like uncorrelated Baseball's the easiest one where you could if you take a pit if you take scherzer and then in your first lineup, well, maybe take the stack that's playing against Scherzer in your second one. Not always, but like – or if it's somebody who's like more mid- middling, you know, and the other stack could more likely go off, um, that's a nice little pair. Assuming this is a plus EV. They're both, you know, right. plus-CV. Right. But I think
0: that the number one determination is instead is how much are you playing? Like how like, – like there's a big difference between – playing a 555 i'm playing i let's say you have a five thousand dollar bankroll and you're mm-hmm. playing three entries into the 555 i'm gonna st- i'm gonna play one percent on players is like dramatically horrible even if those lineups are the highest ev lineups because dude you're playing 30 percent of your bankroll well board. yeah like Not- like but to me that's the determination if someone told me like i'm uh, if someone told me that they're they're playing uh the 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 20 max, right? 20 max, $3, 20 max. And they have a $500,000 bankroll. And they're just playing 60 bucks into the 20 max. Like you, what variance control do you need? Like, dude, play the 20 highest DV lineups, even if it's like, if it's shit that like, you're most like, like nine out of 10 days, you're losing all your money. Like you're not even getting any back. You're not getting any of your 60 bucks. You're, you're fucking, you're, but if those, if your simulations tell you that these are the twenty guys DV lineups, even if they're one v ones of each other, like you're in much more of a position overall because, like, it's like that lottery example of like, oh, the lottery has a two percent edge, but no one has the big enough bankroll in order to like realistically profit from it. But let's say you did. Let's, uh, I mean, let's say it's not the Powerball. Let's say it's you know the standard three you know, pick three number type of lottery type of thing where there's only a thousand combinations. Like if you had, if you had a 5% edge there, it's like, well, go and buy all the numbers for, you know, spend, spend five grand and buy all the numbers. You're guaranteed. Like if you have, if you have $500,000, you'd be making tons of money. It seems like no one puts into the perspective of like your portfolio management should be directly related to your bankroll management.
1: Yeah, definitely. The, and and I, my sim does, and I'm assuming almost everyone else's sims. They assume you have an endless bankroll, and uh, and and proceed accordingly to that. So uh, that's definitely a concern you should always think about. But just talking about just pure ROI, and if you want to score high in those post lock simulators, you would. Just do what it says, but then just do the least amount of variants and uniques or however you want to describe it as possible. And that would be one way to to get to your 35 lineups with make sure that like guaranteeing they're all plus EV is you do your sim process. You do the least amount of uniques possible and then cut it in half or whatever. And then those probably all should be plus EV, but they're all going to be very similar. Not all of them. There'll be some. Right. Oh, wow. But the yeah.
0: less lineups that you play, the more like the the more the 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 more risk you're. It basically comes down to the less lineups you play, the more risk you should be willing to take on.
1: Um. Well, no, I'm just saying, just to score high in a post. Right. Oh, oh, okay. Sim. All right. right.
0: <laughs> but you, but you you make that out as if like scoring high in the post contact sim is not the be all end all.
1: Um, no, yeah, I'm saying it's probably not because there is portfolio management, and you're assuming your projections are accurate, and they're oftentimes not. And sims have the same problem that optimizers have, just from a different vantage point. So like an optimizer, if you... T- throw in there with two players, one's projected for 9.5 points and the other guy's projected for 9.3 points. It's going to give you the 9.5 point guy every single time until for some reason it over overrides him without randomness or anything. And even with randomness, it's going to still give you that 9.5 guy. Cause that's what it's an optimizing for those numbers. Right. And simulators do the same thing. So they're looking at however you're, you're doing your simulation. Uh, there's a billion different ways to do it, but it also like says no, like, this is what is very like this is what's going to happen is Otani's going to get this range of points, and um, and so like it's gonna say the Kansas City stack is your highest EV lineup, even though maybe like Cardi's numbers aren't taking account everything that day that needs to be done, or stochastics not up to date, or whatever reason, so like. Throwing and then like we talked about too, having this 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 uh, negative correlation balance just lowers your your variance. So like that's how I play. I mean, but if like the argument on Twitter with like, can you make seventy plus EV lineups? Like I think you probably could get really close to every all of them being plus EV and cutting it off wherever by doing that run your Sam, no uniques at all. And then, and then cutting in half just to be safe.
0: Right. But the problem is is that you're varied, that your swings are going to be absurd.
1: You'll definitely have variance, Yeah. And you're, and you're relying on your projection source or whatever you're doing, which I mean, I mean, which isn't the worst thing in the world because like, you know, you're, you're assuming those are right or mostly right. So it's not a bad gamble to, to just assume you're, you're dead on accurate and you're, and you're not, you're risking half the amount of money.
0: Right. Well, that, well, that's, that's kind of the point that I'm making is that that you don't, you don't have to be as, you don't have to be as accurate.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying though, like if you did the full 150, but you had a bunch of, uh, diversity amongst your portfolio or you did 70, but it was no diversity, like your long-term risk, like profile might be identical or worse. I mean, right. Who's to say, I mean, I mean, obviously you could, you could test this and, and, and figure it out, but, um, Yeah, but again, like we're 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 commingling a lot of thoughts here. So, like, just the idea of getting good in those ROI sims or cutting off a certain point, I think you could probably do it. That would be the way I would do it. And um, if you just want to score high in those, like that's the strategy you want to do. I guess it's just kind of two different uh, strategies, really. I think both are viable.
0: How about how about in sports like MMA?
1: Or Like showdown. Did you see my tweet yesterday? I said, uh, "Do you?"
0: Oh yeah, the Opta did. Do you include one? It was a free. It was a, basically a frequency question. It was what? It was a frequency question. Even though I don't, I just don't like. I didn't like the 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 word Opt. I I don't like the word optimal in the tweet. I'll 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 bring it up. Uh, you basically you basically asked, and this was before the MMA slate or something. Yeah,
1: right. It was like do oh, you... playing
0: fought, fighter, It was a poll. Playing yeah. all fighters at least once in your yeah. 150 set on an average MMA slate is optimal, and I just don't like the word optimal there because okay, like like it, There's no such
1: thing as like. I was using op- it as like the cool, colloquial G, GTO. Is this like the best way? Right. It honest in,
0: in a in a 150 set on on an average MMA slate, you're free. I mean, Nerdy Tanner would probably attest to this that. There's rarely ever going to be a fighter that has such a little shot at, at being in the winning lineup mm-hmm. that he sh- that he shouldn't be in less than what, 0.75% of your of total line. I mean, essentially what you're saying here is that, you know, 1 out of 150 is is what, 0.75% of your portfolio. So, unless you believe a fighter is should not be owned at least 0.75% of the time, he should be in one one of at least one of your lineups
1: yeah and i said average slate too so right. that that slate that you described with nerdy where there's some guy who's just so bad he shouldn't be in any lineups, it wouldn't be on an average slate right right that's what i'm saying it's like yeah. it's, it's very rare that that happens that yeah day. so obviously i yeah, my answer is definitely yes and it's interesting it was like 75% no but it depends on what you mean by optimal I don't. Know. I think I think optimal makes like makes perfect sense there. Like, what word would you've used?
0: No, but I'm. I don't think that's the. But no, the thing is, is that I'm not sure if that's your goal.
1: Well, what's your? Well, what? What? what go ahead. Yeah. What, what, you what? What? You would,
0: the, would the question be different? So let's say you have 150 set. because yeah. We talked about this before with the MLB stuff. Uh huh. Of like the unique. Uh, there's. There's lineups that are high ROI and it may only be one off from each other. You may be playing 98% of the Kansas city Royals, right? Like that type of thing Uh, from a frequency standpoint, if you were going to play GTO and uh, let's say, let's use to make the numbers easy, a hundred lineups, right? And GTO that this guy should be in 18% of lineups frequency. He should be 18% owned. You should from a, to not be exploited. Optimally, you would play eighteen percent of that person, right? right? You'd be this would be more on the lineup level. Yeah, I, but-
1: I didn't mean it that way, right? I, no, but that's I,
0: what I thought you meant it that way. Okay,
1: but I was. That, I, that, that, to me, I that's still what am it under the assumption that everyone thinks GTO just means the best. What I should have said was like default standard style or default. So, like in hundred and fifty set on an average slate, by default, you should assume you're going to have at least one fighter in every. And in, in your no, in, no, I would, I would, I would agree with it,
0: but you don't have, to, but it's not necessarily optimal.
1: No, I, I think, I think on an average slate, it, it's going to be optimal. Yeah, I think every single time on an average slate, you're going to have at least one fighter from every lineup. But
0: that, that name might not be the highest ROI portfolio.
1: No, I'm saying in the highest ROI portfolio possible, GTO everything on an average slate. Oh, okay, so you, you're going to have one fighter from each fight in 150 lineups. I think if it was 100 lineups that might not be true. But in 150, Why, I think what you're gonna... what does the
0: 50 lineups matter?
1: I think it because you you wouldn't be able to get enough combinations to make some of these guys. No, no,
0: no. Okay. Th- here's, here's my rebuttal to this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use an extreme example. Okay? Extreme example. So let's let's call it a, a let's call it a let's you, you want to use the 10 man contest to make it easy.
1: I don't, you do whatever you want. <laughs>
0: okay, so it's a 10-man contest,
1: uh-huh.
0: right? Uh, Or you could say it's 100-man, whatever. Because obviously we have to do multiple. Like, you're playing 100 lineups, okay? Let's call it a large field. It's 100,000 entries, whatever. Uh, If there was one fighter that was outside of your lineups, 100% owned, so basically yes. every lineup has... Whatever fight it could be, whatever right. fight. It doesn't matter. It doesn't but can matter. I
1: stop you? That's not an average slate.
0: Well, of course, but
1: I'm trying. I'm not saying that. That yeah, but you can give me an extreme example where, of course, you wouldn't put the fighter in the lineup. No, but there's a lot on an, an not average, gonna... average slate. It will. You should have. A, you should. You should pro, almost definitely, in my opinion, have one in every out of every fight.
0: So, so you're the point that I'm trying to make. I'm. I may end up agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. You, you haven't letting me get to the point.
1: <laughs> well, because your first example was hundred percent, like that well, never.
0: Happens. Well, only, only to show to show the disparity of like. Right, if, let's not if It's not an average slate. Okay, okay. Let's use. And I'll agree with you. Right. So you basically like if you played one hundred and fifty lineups that didn't contain that wildly overown fighter. Right. Your your line your lineup set would be a that ha- would much make higher sense. ROI. Yeah,
1: right. but that's not average.
0: Right. So you're, but you're, you're basically saying on an average MMA slate, they will never be a fighter that is so over owned. No, yeah on, a, then, slate, yeah, on an average slate, yeah. Okay, then, then I agree with you. Then I, right. that's the only point I was going to make is that
1: yeah, there, of there course, may be there's extreme examples. Right. Yeah, where, where the guy was a hundred percent owned, uh, and and he's not good for some reason. <laughs> like clearly, you shouldn't have that guy. Yeah, but least. there are also
0: some slates where there's a guy that's forty percent owned that I think. Officially should only be 12% owned like they're, but yeah, even I've, at I've that
1: never point. had it. never, no SIM has ever shown me on an average slate guys, 40% right. owned where I have zero. Right. But they're, even, even, like, but even guys are like even 5% owned. Right. Like I, I uh, occasionally when they're 2% owned, but that's pretty rare. Right. That they're get down to that. So that's not an average slate. Right. And, and like even 65% or higher is not an average slate. They rarely ever get that high. Right really
0: get the mis we've had slates where the you know seventy one hundred dollar guy is now a minus five hundred favorite because of right. a replacement, and even those guys don't even get to seventy percent. Right.
1: Either. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So like, yeah, the examples you would give that are clear cut where it's like, no, it's not every time. It's like, well, that's not what I'm saying. Every time, I'm just saying on an average it's like, But the and, and the reason I asked it was I was like, I wonder if people don't know this, because like, if to me, it's just. It, it's just so obvious. Cause I do, I do, I've, I, I've played an MMA slate for how many times in a row for years now. Mm. And it's just every single time I'm just looking at these shitty guys. Like, okay, how much of the shitty guys am I getting to this time? Mm. There's never any, I'm getting zero, you know, like uh, on an average slate again. And there's never any, the guy who's 50% owned, I'm getting zero. It never happens.
0: Right. Like this past slate, I was running lineups and I'm getting like 25, 30% of Basil Huff the biggest underdog
1: yeah i I wish i had my oh wait actually i do have my uh the thing is is that
0: i'm not playing 150 lineups so i got rid of a lot
1: (laughs) right yeah uh, that's why i said yeah if you cut down to 100 so i had five percent of him how much did you have
0: well in my in my if i if i were to play my my optimal set of of what what did you play 150 lineups yeah uh i would have had like 20 28 of them
1: okay now what mine the my sim said it was the play was to just play jack uh Della what's his name Mandalay.
0: no no my mind mine also my
1: to play him way less
0: oh to Mad... no mine my, my I mean of course I don't have a simulation process I'm I'm doing yeah. it. but all I all I know is that for his price and based on his betting line is in his ownership like I was like he was he was he came up as the as like the best value underdog for yeah his salary.
1: But even, I mean, he was kind of one of the reasons, I think the reason I sent the tweet was like, even this guy, it's still not like, no, no, you got to play him at least 5%. Right. But Um, but
0: that normally happens. But to me, that normally happens. The thing is, is that I'm I'm, typically when, when guys come up like less than 10%, when I'm building like 300 to 600 lineups, those are the guys that when I'm, I'm only playing 30 lineups. So it's like if they come in less than ten percent in like out of six hundred lineups, those are typically the guys that I just x out, like because I'm only playing. I'm like, is it worth it for me to have one lineup with that? Maybe I maybe it's just easier for me to just like, nope, not even gonna bother with it. But I yeah. mean, we're, we're 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 saying essentially the same thing. Sure, right. But I just I, mean, I my 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 bugbear is on the word optimal. Right. Sure. I understand fair, what fair I understand what you meant. See, the thing is. I understand what you meant by the question. I'm not sure if other people understood what you meant by the question.
1: I think they got it. I think they got it enough to where the nose is still surprised. Not surprising. I, it, I'm not surprised. Not dude, I dude. just think. Yeah. Right. I'm not surprised. It's just, it's an interesting, interesting. Like, I think a lot of people who probably answered probably don't play 150s anyways. And, but yeah, like, but do I do people I don't really
0: think that, I mean, like if I look at the poll results, 298 votes,
1: it's not a lot. Yeah. 71% no. Yeah. 200. That, that's not a lot of votes, but. That's still enough.
0: I mean, that's still almost 300 votes. And that's why like buffoon uh, said, you know, depends on how you define optimal. That, that's yeah. Tough. But everyone's
1: right. going to say that. So like, usually when I say, when I, when I, when I make these, I say define blah, define X, however you see fit. Right. Just so I don't have to get these dumb comments. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) optimal means blah 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 so just answer the dumb question it's twitter
0: (laughs) right so i think matt hunter has the has the had the correct answer the top 150 lineups by ev likely aren't gonna have every fighter and that's the point that i was making yeah but the probability of any individual fighter being in the optimal is almost always greater than one out of 150 so for a balanced approach, I'd say yes.
1: Like, yeah, no, I don't think he's right. I don't think the top one hundred and fifty. Uh, it can be, but it can depending on the ownership of the fighters. Yeah, yeah. but not on an average slate. I don't think so. Yeah, think no, well, now 50. we have
0: to define. Brian define average.
1: <laughs> well, average would be like right with average, the, any way that you want. Any way your you average want slate. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, even this, 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 this pet. Pa- so, like, in like a non-average slate would be like eight fighters. Or when someone's owned at you know seventy percent or something or higher—that's your
0: definition of average.
1: Well, no, it's that's just the, the the facts of the matter. Like, there's just so many slates, and we can compare and find what slates are outlier slates. And there's just less of them that are eight right. or nine fighters, and low eight less of them have fighters who are owned over sixty percent.
0: Do you even play those slates?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I play them all.
0: Nine fight, ten fight cards. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Do fine. I thought. I thought you're. Don't do me, bro. <laughs> right. Yeah. All
1: right. Right. Yeah.
0: The thing that I that I found with with MMA stuff is that, uh, I don't know what your what your Sims do, but I I found in studying other people that too many have a process that is like static for every for like everything. And doesn't take into account the context of the slate. Like you have people that like. They're playing these 47 to 48 4 47 sick. Like their average lineup is leaving over 2000 on the table on slates where there's like 700, you know, minus 7 million underdog like favorites. And it's like there are there are combinations that are like duplicated two or three times that spend like most of the salary that you could get to that are like so much higher win pro like probability of winning that you shouldn't really be leaving 2000 on the table. Then there are slates where like the, the $9,500 favorites only like a two to one favorite. It's like, those are the slates where, yeah, now, now I'm leaving in order to avoid duplication. Now I could leave like 1500, 2000 on the table because those lineups have just as much of a win probability as the other ones i find now not all but a lot of the 150 maxers i look and i go feels like they just built lineups like i've i've looked at like we had a slate the week before with a lot of big favorites and i'm like there was one 150 maxer that had at a minimum of 50 lineups that left like over 3000 on the table and i'm, yeah. I'm um, th-
1: this game. What's your guess? What's your guess is why that happens? I have a I have an opinion.
0: Oh, I I just guess that they they just set set like they they they're they're optimizing for uniques and not optimizing anything when it comes to like the probability of the lineup
1: actually being the winner. That's this exactly. They're they're they they they're, 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 they're making some like dupe calculator and then c- making a hard cutoff without taking EV. Or, We're not
0: taking salary dynamic into account at all.
1: Well, I think just the chance of that lineup winning. You know, I guess you could look right. at it however you want, but. Right.
0: But the but yeah. the, the question the question I have Brian is that I have a process where I'm looking for the lineups that are possibly unique while spending most of the salary, and probably playing more of those. And I don't mind playing the ones that are close to that. They're that like duped two or three times. Uh, I can understand being like, no, I only want to play uniques, even if I have the lower down on the salary. It just doesn't, makes no sense to me that some of these 150 sets are on. Like, I look at, I look at, I'll play 40 lineups, and I'll have like 18 uniques and like 35 under fives. And I look at my 18 uniques, and they're like 49.8, 49.9, 49.7, 50k, and those are unique lineups, and they're not right. shared by. Like, someone that has 147 out of 150 unique and 75, and then most of their lineups, like, like they have, like, three lineups that spend more than 49.5. Yeah. It's like, well, this was a slate. There are uniques available. There are less of them. I understand there are less of them. But, like, you could find the ones that are, and, like, wouldn't you rather play those than a lineup with five fucking plus 350 underdogs in it? I mean, like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that was—I think—that was more popular a year and a half, two years ago to do the 150. Once, whenever we started the dupe thing on Lulls, it started getting a lot more popular, and people took it to an extreme where you really want—you don't—it's easy to not be duped, right? Like I can make it the shittiest lineup possible; no one's gonna (laughs) play it. Like if you want it, you can have it. I'll—I'll—I'll make it for you by hand. No sims needed. And, um, but like. You what you what you're really hoping for is to get lucky on not being duped. Mm. That's what, how you play DFS MMA. You're trying to get lucky to get. So was it last week or a couple weeks ago? No, yeah, the, uh, the week before there was a week lineup before. that
0: that that had like four thirty percent on fighters that was solo winner.
1: That so, we're thinking the same one. And the if the same it was
0: like a 49-3 lineup, and I looked at the lineup and it said, How the fuck was this solo?
1: Yeah, didn't I take like fourth or something in that? But yeah, one, one, yeah. one of those, yeah, the one of those weeks is probably that week. And then if you look at, I got duped and he won. Um, and if you look at our lineups. His lineup had more ownership. Like, it was like, like a one, it was like a one-off, as it always is, right. right? And my guy was less owned than his. I mean, he won, but he also won on a single non-dupe lineup. And I would have, if I would have won, I would have split or tri- or three ways. I can't remember. It was a while ago. And it's just like it's just pure luck. Like he not just the win, obviously, you want to always win, but like that's another luck. The other luck in MMA is he should he should have been the one who was duped three or four times, and I should have had the solo. Um, but and actually, would have ended up costing me more money that way. But uh, but like he just got it, just got lucky. So like he 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 got lucky mo- so many different ways, which is what it takes to win TFS tournaments because you're playing against thirty thousand other people, and it's really hard, and you got gotta get really lucky. And one of his luck was this lineup went off. The other luck was he had a lineup that had X percent a chance. To be a single dupe lineup, x percent a chance to be double dupe, x percent a chance to be three, and he lucked out and hit the nuts on that too. You don't want to just go, okay, let's see if I leave eight thousand dollars on the salary and play six underdogs. I don't think anyone's gonna play this lineup,
0: you know. So like, yeah, is, is in your goal? Like I view it, I view it as my goal when I say that I'm playing for under. Like I optimize for under fives. Yeah, I want fi- I want did there be four or less of my lineup, but it's not because I want to be duped three times. It's because I want to play a lineup that I expect to be duped three times that ends up only being duped once. Yeah. Right. What I'm right. Like that, like that's really what, because if you're aiming for the uniques, you could be aiming. If not, if you have 145 lineups and no one else is playing there, the, that's a sign that like you, you didn't get lucky 145 times. Right. Like, a lot of these lineups are lineups that no one ever intended on playing, right? Right for a reason. Yeah. Right. You want to be stuck in the spot where, like, oh, mo- most of my lineups should have been duplicated, but yeah, for them were not Yeah. Like that's and, that's where the EV comes
1: from to me. And you can be duped thirty times or whatever, and that lineup's just profitable. still good. You know, like right. it's still profitable. So um, you don't want to get you don't want to get Too carried away well actually i kind of you know i hope people get carried away so like (laughs) please go back to 150 not duping 150 times um and then occasionally those guys they get lucky in one of those hits and they solo ship but yeah you definitely would much rather be in a range or even like let's say you predicted it for five dupes right you, or let's say you predict it for 10 dupes and it's going to be in there. It's so good. You still want to hope you get lucky and it's only duped four times or five right. times or something like that. You're just kind of hoping they're a little bit off on those and you have something reasonable and, you know, every slate's different. So sometimes you'll be a little higher. Sometimes you'll be a little lower, but like, yeah, on those slates where like all the, the, you know, good pros are like getting 10 dupes or around there, like a little higher 12 dupes, but the other person still, not duped at 147 right. out of 150. Like clearly that can't be. You'd assume they'd look at that and go like, maybe I'm overdoing this.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe there's a, maybe there's an issue. But I, to me, it comes down to the context. I mean, I just look and I go, what's the likelihood of these types of lineups being the winners when, like, like dude, what's the chances of both plus 1200 underdogs not only winning but also being optimal? Right. It's not just them. It's like, oh, if you did the calculation just on money line. You just did no big money line and just use that as the sim, which is essentially my rudimentary way of doing things, which it's not as good as right. yours. Uh, it still doesn't say anything. It's like, oh, well, well that guy wins. Well, what if he wins and only scores 63 points in a decision? Like, then right. that still doesn't matter. Like, like, so you need so many more things to happen, and it's not on a slate where that's likely to, to happen, but yeah. on a slate where it's 15 fights and the biggest – favorite is minus 210 like those are the slates where those guys rake because the other people are like nope just gonna play my 49 five plus lineups and blah 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 and there are plenty of unique combinations because there's 15 fights but like dude a lot of these 48 five lineups like if you just looked at the money line and inside the distance like like they have as much of a chance at being the highest scoring lineup as the 50k lineup and these guys are just playing more of those it just seems like people don't like. I, I look at the same people. I'll download the CSV and take a look, and I'll go, Yeah, this guy's playing fucking 46-7 lineups. And, and I'm like, What the fuck are you doing?
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, just don't tell them, Blender. Don't tell them. Well, that's don't why don't I didn't
0: mention it. any names. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> should I not tell if you're fucking up? Should I not tell you either? You you, you don't fuck up though, so
1: it's hard. Listen to you, anyways.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I have your jersey. I'm a big fan of yours. I'm a big fan. I got. I put it on once. I put on this jersey once, and then I'm like, when will I ever wear a basketball jersey? And then, and then, when will I ever wear this out?
1: Where right, I'd have yeah.
0: to explain what the fuck this even means.
1: If you make a live final, that'd be a good one to wear.
0: Right. Oh yeah, true. You're right. But yeah. when do a fuck do I ever try for live yeah. final? Yeah.
1: Maybe I do. Maybe I'll wear that if I make a live final. I'll and and go. That's uh right.
0: But you're gonna you're gonna DM me your your address so I could. All right. Because yeah, I, I well, appreciate I'm, it. I'm just hanging up. I don't know. If I... I appreciate. I think it. you would have more use for it than me.
1: Yeah. I'll. I'll definitely. I'll. 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 I'll appreciate the uh, brick seventy five jersey.
0: Right. So here's more, more, this is more donation. It's an adult extra large. You're good. You're good with that. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, So if uh, people want to argue with you more about your, your fictional questions and your definitions of terms, right. (laughs) Define, define optimal, right. Are we going to call it that? Is that what we're going to call this episode?
1: Define optimal. Um, We've kind of been all over the map.
0: Because you don't do that on lols. You don't come up with like a title based on like what someone said on the show.
1: No, Pete does the whole GTO, the real GTO, uh, meaning of GTO YouTube strategy, like whatever Kiegel. whatever he thinks, yeah, whatever. Right. Me, thinks, I just yeah. don't give a fuck.
0: Right. I just think right. it's more entertainment value of like, oh, we talked about we said something funny, and that's the title, even though it's not I don't naked, either. Like, like it's I'm not should I do naked yoga so we could tie the right tie Yeah, together?
1: Naked yoga will will get you a few more views. I think the audio podcast is a little different than YouTube. YouTube, they're those perverts are searching for yoga. Right. You know what I mean? They're usually not doing that for audio only. ASMR. But ASMR maybe. The it it I just think it's interesting like getting what word will get you more what 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 uh facial expression on the thumbnail, you know, will get you actually right exactly more more viewers. It's fun with different colors and stuff like that. I, I think that's interesting. Obviously, I don't do that on my channel at all. I don't even know how on some of that stuff, like making thumbnails. But I think it is cool looking at, at Pete's work and then seeing like, oh, actually, we got a few extra. We got an extra or a lot. Yeah, he sometimes. does it for
0: that reason. I do it for like these types of shows are like this isn't clickbait. No one's going to what I'm going to clickbait you until listening to it. Right. two talking heads for two hours like right but if you like, did a show just, every day it's not gonna lead to any watch time so like to me i don't i don't view it like that's not yeah. the game that i'm playing.
1: for you probably not worth it but like if you did it every day and you really got dedicated and stuff like that then it would probably it'd probably be worth it to, to just go straight whatever's going to get the clicks right
0: it's all about yeah. the clicks so define define optimal are we defining optimal
1: Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. What, I I know G game theory optimal means. That's what I thought you meant. No, yeah, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant.
0: You just meant whatever but, you think is best.
1: <laughs> but no, I I meant it. I meant it like I mean, you know how people use GTO, like yeah, like, you did wrong also, right? I just did the laundry, you know, GTO style. I did it so fast, you know, like whatever, you know, it's like. Oh, the GTO lunch is to get eggs and 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 you know bacon, right? Or the GTO breakfast is eggs and bacon, right? Like they don't—it's not what GTO means at all. That's just they're just saying like the best or the, the thing I like the most or something like that. But what would that's be, how large? They,
0: theoretically, it. what would be the GTO breakfast?
1: I mean, I wouldn't—not far off. I mean, omelet, bigs, uh, eggs, eggs, uh, sausage, bacon. So what would be the balanced? But truthfully, the GTO breakfast would be more calculated by like
0: nutritional content than like describing it oh i got you i was
1: i was still using it and the, as the you know right no like i'm time.
0: talking about what the, it would be if it was like gto it'd be like well based on your weight and based on everything like that it would be 628 calories and 17 yeah. percent. this like it would be an entire nutritional back of something right it's, i'm not sure yeah. that that that's what you should be eating
1: I'm not sure how it would even apply to something like that because it's, it's not a game, right? You're not playing in a heads up situation versus somebody. There's no equal equilibrium. But there's a whole bunch of different branches of game theory too that that could apply, but I'm only you, you're talking with me there's no KPO
0: for like the competitive eating.
1: What's that? Say again
0: competitive eating. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So like that,
1: yeah, I'm sure there they could they could figure some some gto out i but think it's no, no
0: gto it's just which is faster like that it's still the, G, the whole GTO well, no, it doesn't apply
1: you might be able to, there might be something i'd have to think about it but like i think of it like gto like like um like in baseball i could see where you would mix your pitches based on this random frequency mm-hmm. and then like you just give the catcher some randomizer that just buzzes them, you know, different way for which pitch each time. And the pitcher should just do it, what it says, you know? And so like, that's GTO to me. Right. But thinking. that doesn't
0: apply to a hot dog eating contest.
1: No, but, but there might be something I'd have to, I mean, I have to think about it. Um, I don't really care to, but <laughs> I guess I could <laughs> like, cause you are competing against somebody else. So like you'd have, you might want to take into account their actions. Uh, but your actions don't affect their actions in that. No. There's no, no
0: defense in, in competitive eating. You no, can't, because, like knock knock their hot dogs out of their mouth.
1: Well, there might be like you might have like a backup plan where you can go into extra gear and like somebody surprisingly beating Joey Chestnut. Maybe he would change his strategies somehow. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, and I'd have to think, think about it. Maybe there's not. I don't know. I don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it seems like like if you're not interested, it's like nope. Sports betting, not not a big deal. Don't no, fuck it. Ain't doing it.
1: Well, I mean, why would you? You don't care
0: about something you're not interested in, right? But I mean, just for for the you no, know, with with you, it's like either you really care about it, you don't care about it at all, or it's a bit.
1: I guess I don't know. Like I I think in conversations a lot of times, like like are you trying to persuade somebody, or you're not? You know what I mean? So like like that's like a serious like okay game theory optimal tell me how you're going to do it. So like, but I'm not interested in persuading you or really thinking about it. Like, so I don't care, you
0: know, like, yeah, but, but, like, but, but with me, it I'm only one of those two things. Either. I even, I either want to have an actual conversation about GTO
1: competitive eating or it's a bit. Or it's a bit. Yeah, sure. Right. Fine. Yeah. Fair. Enough. What? I mean, what's there's, I don't think there's anything in between on the GTO, the GTO side. I mean, you're just, you're just not used to being the bit guy. I'm not
0: Pete's the bit guy. Pete's the bit guy. You're the persuasion guy. Pete's the bit guy.
1: (laughs) I guess. I guess.
0: I'm just glad that we were able to spend almost two hours without riffing into libertarian
1: politics or something. Well, that's when I stopped trying to persuade people, was our last (laughs) podcast. I was like, that's the last one I'm ever doing like
0: that. (laughs) If you want to go back to episode 29 of this podcast, right, which is over two years ago. Wow. I know we, we talked like the le- second half an hour was like, you're, you're accusing <laughs> me of stealing from my neighbors.
1: <laughs> oh, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, so it's okay to take it from your neighbors.
1: Right. Yes. Libertarian theory. I'm it's, I'm not, uh, I'm not, um, not big on proselytizing, proselytizing. Is that the right word? Libertarian theory anymore.
0: Well, you're, do- you're done. You're done with that?
1: No, I still, I still, uh, uh, most all of it's still logically correct, but it's just that there's a waste of your time. It's not worth, yeah, talking about it with 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 somebody most of the time, and uh, with most of and, the people that you with most of the people that you talk to, regularly. And it's kind of like more of like a philosophy class, you know, philosophy class um, ideology. Mm-hmm. So, like, unless you're interested in having a fun, you know, philosophical discussion, like you would talk about, like, do we live in uh, the Matrix or do we live in um, whatever, the simulation, you know. Right, we're we all just
0: it, in a computer simulation.
1: Yeah, people will have fun conversations about that, but you moment you say anything about the police or taxes or something like that, for some reason they get emotional and um, the, the conversation is no longer fun. So, like, I don't, I'm not interested yeah, in talk it. with Davis about it. He's, he's, he's interested in it though. Like he's, he's um, a lot of times he's more open-minded than people give him credit for. So uh, like, and also I've like moved him (laughs) quite quite a bit, I think, because he can't defend himself against my arguments, but like, he doesn't really get emotional. He doesn't get emotional. I get emotional. Uh, Most people do. I don't know. You, you, you do whatever you want to do, but like, um, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not interesting conversation to have. And again, like I said, it's like philosophy class, so like none of it's ever gonna happen. It's not real. And after COVID, like I, I'm just like not that interested in having those discussions. Like, doesn't they don't? It's not realistic. Like (laughs) the only thing that matters is power and its preferences, and like you have no control over what they're gonna do. Uh, but you
0: could use it to your advantage. You know how I've used it to my advantage. How's that? Political betting.
1: Yes, I'm still into politics. I I've, and I've posted posted a couple bets uh, that I that I would have made if I still had money in my Bovada account. But the limits are so small. I, I like. I really wish they would legalize that in the states because it would they're be never like
0: never. That's never going to happen.
1: because they're fucking assholes. But like right. the. The uh, the how
0: much were you at? No, no. On the let. La- and the- did you bet on the bid terms on Bovada? The, uh,
1: I can't remember. I think how, I much made,
0: you, how much were you able to get down? I
1: made maybe some I made some made some personal bets, I think, with people. Yeah, no, no, I, I did
0: that. No, th- that's how I normally do. Because, the yeah, I
1: didn't level. bet on predicted or well, predicted is done. So you thank God, too, up. by the way, because right. I would have I was way off. Um, I would have lost my ass. Oh, the and, midterms! I crushed. Yeah, I know. I saw. Yeah, huh. and I was like, "Oh God, thank God, I actually didn't have any money on these sites." Yeah, I got... Babata, you can't get. More, I, I wasn't able
0: to get more like a 200 bucks down.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, like, good. It's like that's that's one of the reasons I didn't get into it. It's like waste my time. I didn't even predict it was like banning people or limiting people and stuff. It's like mm. what? On this shit, like, it's not worth. But my The lines were
0: so off that I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. It's like
1: it is fun. It's way more fun than sports betting for me. But like, right. if they legalized it, they'd have. Like free polling for everybody,
0: right? Right. Of course, but they don't understand. You, right? I mean, you're t- you're preaching the choir. That's yeah. going to be a much more efficient market. The, oh, the, the yeah. thing about Nate Silver that annoys me, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I, I I don't mind Nate Silver. I, I don't. Yeah. I, he gets a lot more shit than he deserves to get. Bro, I agree. If people don't understand probabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh is that Nate Silver is not a professional better, and he and he's he's said tons of stuff about like. Well, he compares the five thirty eight to like, like the market, right? Like, like offshore books and everything like that, and goes that that he uses that as part of like, well, that's the that's the wisdom of crowd, the efficient market hypothesis. Like these, mar- does he not realize the limits are so low that these markets are nowhere near efficient at all, and they're highly emotional and Good. highly oh, yeah. off uh,
1: that you yeah, can't well, go by like dude, motivated, I mean? motivated betters, right? Right. I want to go and open a Bovada account just so I could bet on Donald Trump. Right. right. That's and only not... for a hundred
0: bucks, which right. then moves the li- like these lines. You would see these lines move like insane. That Fetterman line under uh, the midterms. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, God, the fact that I could get him at plus one fifty when it's like he's like a ninety seven percent chance of winning. Like. How much money can I put down? Like how like. And then once you start adding these things up, it's like once you get all these off-market things, they don't let you parlay anything. So that's when you go into your into your your private Twitter DMs with the especially people that are on the opposite political ideology of who's actually going to win. Right. And you go, uh, I think these four things are going to happen. Uh, what odds would you give me, or something like that? Like I'll bet I'll bet X amount, and they'll be like, Yeah, sure, let's bet five grand on it. And I'm like, Okay. And then it's like, Bing, bang, boom. And it's like, How the fuck did you know? It's like, yeah, because they're correlated to one another. Like, what are you, fucking idiot? Of course, I don't say that, but (laughs) like, but, but I, I'm with you. I wish, like, dude, because I, you learned so much after the, 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 the 20, the 2020 election. Yeah. Like ever, I, I went in thinking that like, oh yeah, the, the political betting markets are going to be efficient. Once I saw how inefficient it was, I'm like, I got to get, I got to get my dry powder ready for 2022
1: super show oh, 2016 i was yeah 2016 like, right yeah i was like what? like i would have bet i would have lost a mint on that uh <laughs> on trump winning so yeah i mean i i, I but guess sure, with- but it's also these
0: little markets these these you know who wins the governorship and whatever sure and it's like it's it's a it's a race where it's a you don't realize like people are betting as if like well, this guy's ahead of the poll of that guy, but it's like you see the returns coming in at like seven o'clock and it's like you could use press presidential elections to see like, well, but Bi- like Biden had X percent of the vote or Obama in 2016. And it just basically shows you turnout because, yeah, we both know that it's very much there's not not many much in the middle people. It just comes down to turnout. So once you can see, he's always pulled. Po- he's, he's, his returns are ahead of his rate. Let me, report.
1: let me say this. Let me cut you off before I forget. We should, I've wanted to do this. We should do this. We should do, uh maybe we can ask more people if you want to do it. I wanted to do a live show last election. Like we should do a live show what, and do like, that yeah, would be fun. Wouldn't it? Like, yeah, uh- no, I, I,
0: I, I- Ele- midterms and presidential elections. Are Midterm like and favorite. presidential.
1: Yeah, Mid-term, yeah. They're my
0: super. I like even if yeah. I wasn't betting, I'd be like, I turn on once the seven o'clock. This first poll to me, it's like it's like watching the NFL draft. Right. It's like, like it's part of my day. De- it's like this is I look forward to it.
1: Me too. As long as there's not going to be any like preaching to me about fucking whatever, you know? Right. What no I mean? problem. Like, no, no, This it's is all, all betting. betting. Not you. It's I'm saying bad, like, right. It's all whoever betting. we invite on. Right. I'll be um, down for that. Yeah, that would be fun. We should we should do that. And then because there's a lot of like life, like in the in the 2020 when Trump was ahead in the where with the South or whatever, Florida. Right. And then the market shifted in Arizona and because they, they're not closed yet. Like all that shit is really right. interesting. And people didn't that realize that the,
0: the southern southern Florida is not representative of fucking anything
1: right well and then also because of the overnight votes right it actually they he didn't win Michigan and, and Wisconsin and right. Pennsylvania or whatever so like it had he won those he probably would have won Arizona won all easily. The other ones. right exactly. right but yeah so it's all and it's all correlated so that's that's all just that's all fun stuff and I saw some poker players had their own live stream so it's like oh maybe we should someone should do uh one with the DFS sports betting guys that would be fun yeah. Let's, let's plan on that. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's I mean, we got a while. October, right? Or, uh, well, next November. November.
0: Well, I, 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 I have a fictional bet that I can't place. Like that, that to just to, to add the politics to the end of this episode, mm-hmm. I would bet, I don't know what odds you would have to give me. I, and I've, I've, I've said this for the past four years, I do not think. That the 2032 presidential election happens on election day.
1: 2032?
0: 2032,
1: yes. Okay. Uh, you're Okay. So now you're saying for any reason.
0: For any reason. Right. Yeah. The, what I'm really saying is that I don't think the 2032 presidential election even happens. Yeah. But it's at least delayed or it's at le- like. Okay. That there's something happens in which it's one, not done on
1: election. One caveat would be you can't interfere yourself right at course. an election.
0: Right. <laughs> but I'm, you- I'm under the guise that the 2032 election will either be called off or moved due to threats of violence or right. some type
1: of gotcha. thing where- You're that saying bomb this
0: threats or are- this
1: culture war will boil right. boil over by this election point. Right.
0: Yeah. Where, where they would have next to postpone the
1: election could even be this next one.
0: Right. Well, that, well, I, I, I propose the 20, I, I'm, assu- I'm going under the assumption that, that, uh, Biden wins
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that a Democrat also wins in, in I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Democrats win the presidential election until mm-hmm. 2032.
1: And then a Republican wins or might win. And that's when shit hits the fan or something. No,
0: like? no, that, that there's a, that whoever wins in 2028, especially if it's, I don't necessarily think it's Kamala Harris, but if it if it's so if it's someone that looks like like her, mm-hmm. I think that there'll be enough that there'll be but enough. we
1: already had someone who looks like her when multiple. Yeah, they'll
0: make make a lot of other people angry also and more angry. <laughs> but the,
1: but I, I, I'm, just angry. Of, I'm just
0: I'm just of the belief that that the country at some point in the next ten to fifteen years yeah enters some amount. It's not I wouldn't call it a civil war. Yeah. But a, a, a similar to well, like a, a Northern Ireland. Sure. I right, got you where there's like just so much domestic violence, so much, uh, you know. Domestic yeah. terrorism on not just one side, but right. Yeah. I was going to say,
1: like, you don't think a person who's like Donald Trump or, in your opinion, worse than Donald Trump, if they got elected, that wouldn't right. cause some violence. Right. Like, of course it would. I'm yeah. just saying
0: something happens yeah. and that I like, that it
1: may not that. Well, what odds would you give me on one state seceding? I know we can't do any of these bets, but yeah. like before the year 2050 or something.
0: I I don't know about. I mean, who knows? I mean, the reason you can't do some of these bets is that if these things types of happen, is like is it? It's one of those things of like I'm gonna bet on the apocalypse. It's like well, right, like, the money doesn't mean anything right.
1: anymore. Like what is it? What is it? No, mean? I know, but like, but you can also just make fun, like make right. things. That's I don't know. I don't. Think I
0: I, th- I think it's it's more it's more likely that
1: we You'd get give me a like plus eight hundred or plus ten thousand or.
0: Oh, I don't. I don't know. How, I don't know how to line that. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. What are the what would be the process to six? I mean, to legally secede or fun
1: or just well, automatically. The, the same way as your bet for whatever whatever means necessary. Right. One yeah, but that, one state, state is no longer part of the, the union. Is. Like, dude. What?
0: At this point, maybe Florida has already succeeded under under some 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 people's definition. If you take a I look mean, at what's going on down there.
1: Speaking of Florida, like, I, uh, if the markets were lic- liquid, I would have made money on Desantis. Like, because I would have bet him at like whatever it was, one hundred one thirty one when he first came on the market, and then I want to sell him now. And in a liquid right. market, you'd be able to sell off at his whatever he is now, like three to one or whatever. Like, I don't think he's got, I don't think he's going to win now right. at all. I didn't think he was going to win before either. I just 30 to one, 50 yeah, to one. The odds
0: were worth, worth.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, and if I could have got RFK at like 20 to one, that would have been nice. And then, uh, you could, Right. but there's no cash
0: outs. That's all right. There's, it's not
1: not, there's no liquid market. And right. yeah. So like if they, if they legalized it, like there'd be all sorts of fun.
0: Dude, if they legalized of- it, I I would, cons- I'd, dude, I'd be betting. I'd, I'd probably be betting on like, on uh, state elections, primaries. I oh, mean, yeah. Just yeah anything. Because, I mean, like, dude, they elections all the time.
1: Now, here's one thing where they could get illegal, like, trouble is like, because I worked at the Capitol, I knew, I know lobbyists and pollsters, like, mm-hmm. legitimate poll. I could ask, like, hey, what's the next poll before it comes out? Like, I might be able to get that info. Yeah, but then didn't you, what would happen is that the books
0: would profile and limit Sharp Act. I mean, it would be the right, same for thing. sure.
1: For sure, once you want,
0: they know that you're that once you put five hundred bucks down on this thing, they're gonna. But make I'm saying
1: efficient. The, the reason why they could make an argument not to legalize it is because of like insider trading, of like course. Right. right. So like, but of course, this whole thing's ridiculous. Like me and yeah. you betting is going to change the federal <laughs> election outcome. You know, it's, in it, and, and like in what's their max going to be five grand maybe even if it was like you know so like,
0: right. It's one of those things when when you see the state legislators. Talk about fixing games, high school games, yeah, as right. if like like no one's fixing a game for a fifty dollars max bet, right? Right. right. And it's then ridiculous. when it comes to NBA games, it's like uh, no player that's making ten million dollars a year is risking it on a ten thousand dollar
1: bet. It's crazy. Like you'd have to pay these guys because it's their reputation. It's their it's their career long possible earnings at risk. All their sponsorships their personal pride and everything like it would how much would it cost to pay off a guy who makes 4 million dollars a year like and he that 4 million dollar player has to be on like a rookie deal because like he he needs to be an important cog if you pay off the left outside linebacker mm-hmm. who's making 5 million dollars a year how much can you get bang for your buck and it would cost you a 100 million dollars at least to buy him off
0: no but the, the the point that the the reason which I could, I, I mean, I'm typically with you on this side that I yeah. think that athletes should be allowed to fucking bet Yeah, fuck it. on other things. I understand the point. Like what the argument is not in what of them being paid off is that let's say, I mean, th- I don't think there's a straw man example. This is, okay. a, this is a common example of you have, it could be an NBA player. It could be whatever, but especially college, probably. A college player bets a ton, doesn't bet it through a regulated market, bets it through bookies or whatever. The wrong crowd. He owes $200,000 to some mobster or someone like that, and in order to pay it off, he has to fix a game. So that it doesn't matter, like – it could be an NBA player, like like dude. We know like My- Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley or Phil Milkelson, You know they, these guys bet a ton of money. Who knows that they don't owe fifty million dollars to some Russian oligarch, and it's like, like they they can't afford to pay that off, and they're like, well, now we're gonna just start
1: rigging NBA. But that, that could happen, anyways. Well, of course. Yeah, like if a mob, if like a mobster character, and I'm I mean I'm not sure how. Uh, uh, legitimate the mob in their power and, and what they're willing to do is like it's the Sopranos. I'm not sure they're even around like that anymore. Like, but like, um, like, but if they wanted to get at you, they could find they a get way at you anyway, whether like. you owe them five million dollars or not. Um, so like, yeah, that I, I but I get it. Sure, it's not straw man, but like, I don't think it's a very strong argument no. for 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 having this for having such a high regulatory burden it's just a, it's it's just a pull it it's just a part of the game you know of politics it means it, they don't know what they're doing they, they have no expertise in this area it's it they're, they're they need revenue for their state because states actually do have budgets unlike the federal government like they actually can't just print money so they do worry about getting money and and like they just have to go like, okay. Well, then we also need to appease the anti-gambling lobby association. Okay, we'll put this in here. We'll put that in here until enough people stop complaining and they could pass pass the bill to get some money. Yeah,
0: just like like you said, it's all about about your allies and your enemies. And- right,
1: that's all politics is. Right. Yeah. Allies. Are you and my enemies. ally
0: or are you my enemy?
1: Uh, we're enemies technically we are we're
0: technically enemies
1: we're political enemies (laughs) and and we play against each other in dfs so i don't know man (laughs) you play we don't always play in the same contest no i know i'm kidding anyways right uh we have no power so it's irrelevant it's that's that's Uh, okay oh so it doesn't even matter (laughs) matter. (laughs) this conversation will have no effect on the world everyone's safe uh so yeah it it really it, it that's re- that's for them you know that's for them to have their their power games not for us unfortunately
0: so if uh anyone listening wants to think it's a good idea to for the 2024 midterm the 20 no 2024 presidential election yeah that you know we 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 will do it maybe we do it on pete's do it with through
1: with pete or with you would we'll do it through somewhere no yeah i I'll, I'll 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 bring it past him, but that's a little spicy, I think, for his. Right, but I mean, we're we're literally
0: we're like sixteen months away.
1: No, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's next year.
0: Right, it's next oh year. God. Right.
1: Holy cow! Yeah. Well,
0: your well, your pro- well, primaries. We're not going to do streams for the primaries. Super right. Tuesday
1: stream. <laughs> we mm. could. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll do one of those for fun. But yeah, the big right. one's the election day. That's right. so fun. The auction day is fun too.
0: Right. Yeah. But I mean, I can see doing a suit If it's close and if it, if the, if the Republican primary is close enough, I just don't think it's going to be,
1: I mean, these closer. are going to be, I think they're going to be interesting. I think, I think both Democrat and Republican are going to be interesting. I think RFK is going to pull next poll is going to come out. I bet he's in the thirties. It would not shock me. High thirties. We'll see. I could be wrong, but, and then, and then with DeSantis falling apart, um, what it supposedly looks like. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy's getting up there in the double digits. The reason the, the re I think he's a good debater though. So I think it would be interesting to see, and they're going to be ready for Trump this time on the debate floor. So like, I don't think it's going to be like a Jed Bush beard deer in headlights situation when he comes on and insults you. So I think that could be entertaining but yeah right now the republican party's not looking as competitive as it was i'm
0: just saying from a betting standpoint on a super tuesday you know yeah like who gets out? Dial- live streaming going oh or, well yeah. go, i think by that point it's going to be kind of like inevitable right on what's like it's not going to be as interesting as as if it was a much more competitive yeah like if it was like oh there's three people and we don't know and like almost like the de- the democratic primaries the last time out Right. When Biden comes in fifth and then right. the Nevada turns around like like then at least okay there's something there's you know, highly feel, competitive, yeah. Right. I don't want to have a stream where we have to determine whether or not it's worth betting on Trump minus minus twenty five hundred or minus. Right. 9, 000, right. Like that's not it. Fair difference.
1: enough. Right. Yeah. Which might be what happens. So right. Yeah. Super Tuesday might not be worth it. It's true. Right. But the election day either way it will be. But I'm but I'm glad that someone I,
0: I, this is the first time. It's like, oh oh, someone that actually Finds it entertaining and would bet on. Right.
1: It. Yes. It's super entertaining. It's, it's just when people get all emotional about it. It's just like, ugh. like take, you got to take yourself right. out. I don't
0: get emotional. I just, I have my political lists and I just, I follow all the pollsters and I'm seeing like returns are coming in here. Here's a link to the state website yeah. and you go through and it's like, Oh
1: yeah. I'm not saying like you all are. these I'm...
0: other people are betting emotionally. Why don't I just bet based on what the numbers say? Right, right,
1: right. Yeah. True.
0: Okay, Brian Hooper underscore underscore. Uh,
1: You're not on Threads, right? No, I still haven't done it. I guess we all are on Threads though, since it's just your Instagram account, right? I I, I think I think that's going to be dead within a week anyway. Yeah, uh, the numbers.
0: It's already. I I went over there. I I secured my my name. I put my little bio. I checked it every once in a while when, like, oh, someone followed me. Okay, just to make sure, just like, oh, people from Twitter that I whatever. And then, like, after a couple of days. Like there's not a chronological feed and barely anyone that I care about is there enough. And then I go on Twitter right. and those same people are still posting the same thing on Twitter. And right. I'm like, why the fuck am I
1: here? I'm not going to spend time trying to get thousands of followers on threads unless it's I have to. So just <laughs> Twitter and my website. So brick75.com or the draft goes to the same spot.
0: Yeah. And I'm but- at Blender HD. And as always, you get the 15-hour audio DFS masterclass, Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, at theoryofdfs.com.